And welcome to Offended, presented by the Anything But Credible Network. It's your boy, Tricky, alongside Katie Katie Naked Lady. Hi. That's my new favorite thing is to annoy you. Okay, I figured. You've only done it every week now. Oh, it's my, it's my new intro. Finally found one that stuck. Sure. Um, <laughs> you always throw me off. <laughs> Like, I have something I'm going to say, and then you're just like... <laughs> Hi. God, I hate you. Aren't you excited for this weekend? We get to uh, do a photo shoot for Offended. Um, yeah. No, not really. You like the camera. I don't really like being in front of the camera. I want to do... I want to try and do a uh, photo shoot where... Um, it's like you and I in front of the sun, and like the sun's like the Teletubby sun, and it's just Jim's face like smiling. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hope Stoutsy listens to this. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't want to be the Teletubby sun. He probably would, actually. <laughs> probably totally would be the Teletubby sun. Welcome to the show. We actually have topics today. It's not going to be like the same routine it's been for the last month because of COVID, nothing happens. Shit actually happened this week. There was news other than, like, fake news, you know? Right. Uh, and first off, we're just going to start it off. Start it off strong. Um, something that bummed me out the other day, Daft Punk has called it a quits. They have split up. Uh, they were together since 1993. Um, and now it's just over. And they were they were a bucket list band for me. I just have bad luck when it comes to bands. I'm like, they're on my bucket list that I want to see live. Started with Bowie, Prince, Ozzy, Ozzy, now Daft Punk. Maybe keep, don't make any more lists. I'm done. Just, you know, whatever happens, Those are the happens. four I really wanted to see. It's just not going to happen. I, yeah. I don't, I have no bucket list. You don't have anything? You don't have like something you want to do? It, it was Ozzy. Um, okay. It, that was it. I was going to say. And then he got canceled three times. Well, he didn't get canceled, but like we're we're in 2021 now, Katie. People are gonna be like, "He didn't get canceled." Not canceled, like on social media, <laughs> Sharon. Sharon. What did we just watch today? Where he's like, Ozzy's singing the Flintstones and Flintstones. And he's like, oh, oh, look, to do a you know theme song for our show, and it's just like Osborne's meet the Osborne's. And then his son says, like, what, what's the dog's name that was on the show? I forget. He's like, get the fuck out he's of here. Like, he's like, I think it's like Stella. He's like, Stella, shut the fuck up. That's what, uh, <laughs> what's his son's name? Um, why am I drawing a blank? Um, I have no idea. I, want, I keep saying Nick, but that's Nick Jonas. Yeah, <laughs> I don't no, know why I keep going to Nick Jonas. Uh, what's his son's it name? Might be Nicholas. No, it's something Ozzie like. <laughs> Stahl, Mark Stahl, Eric Stahl, Jordan Stahl, Jordan Eberly. Not song, son, son, Jack. Jack, Jack Osborne. Okay, so anyway, restart the story. He said, it's this was on, um, what was, was it a TV show called? It was just the Osbournes, right? Yeah. Uh, he, they're sitting in front. I, what, I hope Paramount Plus has that on it. Because they're putting a bunch of MTV shows on I would it. totally watch that. I would rewatch that start to finish again. Because that show is fucking hysterical. I don't think I ever watched it start to finish. I think I just would watch it when it was on. Oh, I, I watched. I was like prepared. It was like Sunday nights was always 
the Osbournes. So I think Jackass was on like right before or after. Yeah, so I think that, the that last, sounds about right. I think the last season of Jackass before they started making movies was like the first season of the Osbournes. But um, or maybe it was Viva La Bam or the or Wild Boys. Actually, that actually makes more sense. It's around this. But Osbournes was like right around there. Right, but yeah, they're just sitting out in front of their like their front porch, and Ozzy just starts singing. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones. And he's like, you know what? We need a theme song like that. Oh, Osborns, meet the Osborns. And Jack just goes, Stella, shut the fuck up. And Ozzy, and, and Ozzy just goes, yeah, that's, that's the course right there. That's the course. <laughs> His son's like eating like a bowl of cereal yeah. or something too. What oh, a weird shit. fucking family. Yeah. What a weird time to be recorded as a family. Right. But anyway, Daft Punk, uh, RIP in peace, uh, Daft Punk. Damn it. I mean, they're not dead. They're just... I know. But still. Um, Can I make a prediction? Do you think it's a publicity stunt? I don't know if it's necessarily a publicity stunt, but I think they're not done. I think they're doing something with art or with their... They're just being weird. They are weird, but I love them for that. And like the the eight-minute video that they put out, like it's a little short film of like them just walking in the desert um, and the way like one of them explodes... Maybe it's a metaphor for them um, exploding. Like, or they're exploding into a new era, and yeah, that era of Daft Punk is done. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I wrote down a list of my top 20 favorite Daft Punk songs that I'm going to read out now, and I'm probably going to make it into a playlist and put it on Spotify. Okay, cool, cool. Um, there's a couple words on here. Actually, when I say a couple, there's one word that I still can never pronounce correctly. So, Katie, uh, I will try. I need you to read it because it's a great song to you. Okay. All, All right. right. At number 20, I have High Life. At number 19, I have Too Long. Number 18, Voyager. 17, Touch. 16, Fragments of Time. Number 15, Face to Face. Face to Face is the one that I played for you the other day. That Face to Face is off their album Discovery that came out, I think, in 1989. Um, this song, if you heard it now, you would just see how far ahead of their of their how far ahead of the, their like they were. Would it be a TikTok sensation? They no, there's their music is just they're so far ahead of their time. Like it's not even it's not even funny. Like they literally revolutionized a certain genre. I would I guess you call it techno, EDM, whatever you want to call it. House music. How yeah, they are the greatest. Ever at that genre, in my opinion, because they're actually playing the instruments too. A lot of people think that they're two DJs. They're actually two musicians who DJ over their own like music. That's what's so great. Like if you listen to the song Aerodynamic, that wonky like song, like that sound you hear throughout the entire song. That's actually the guitar that he's playing, and they just put a filter over that sound. Yeah, it's really interesting how they did it. But face to face, here. I'm going to play a little snippet. Uh, This song, man. If it came out in 2021 or in the last two or three years, this song would be a massive fucking hit. And this song came out in 1999. You're going to tell me they predicted how the music was going to be. I mean, or they set the stage for how the music's going to be. Maybe, yeah. Could this be my understanding? It's not 
If that song came out now, that song is a massive hit, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's up there with, like, uh, Let's see when that album uh, Harry Styles, Watermelon Sugar. That reminds right. me of that. So that actually came out in 01, which su- surprises the shit out of me. I thought that album was totally, like, 99. Still counts as the 90s. True, yeah. It came out before 9-11. Um... <laughs> I remember but, the rule. Anyway, 15, face-to-face. Number 14, that's the one. How do you pronounce that? 14 is ver- Veritas Quo. Veritas Quo. It's a fucking phenomenal song. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal song. All right. Uh, number 13, Give Life Back to Music, the first song off their, their other masterpiece. They have, In my opinion, they have two masterpieces. One is Discovery from 2001. The other is... Uh, random access memories, which I think came out in 2013. Um, again, they just revitalized themselves and shocked the world when they came back this time around. Instead of putting out like an EDM house techno album, they put out a funk, like almost jazzy, I guess you could say. So, why like, do you not think album. that they're going to do this again? They never said they're done. They'd in have... the music video where he explodes, it says 1999 through 2021. Maybe they're going to take off their fucking masks. Maybe. But anyway, uh, Give Life Back to Music is number 13. Number 12, Alive. Number 11, Around the World. Around the world, around the world. Let's do that over and over in the song. Uh, number 10, uh, Derazd. I guess how you, how you pronounce that? Derazd? Derazd? Derazd uh, off the Tron Legacy soundtrack they did the entire soundtrack they did the entire score to the movie tron that the sequel that came out in the what mid 2000s you think Um, late 2000s i think it came out late 2000s late 2000s because i think my friends were getting high watching it in college yeah that makes sense but that that song there's no singing in that song it's just the the beat just sounds so futuristic it's it's just cool. It's just a cool song. Uh, number nine, Da Funk. Uh, da Funk uh, is one of my all-time favorite music videos, directed by my one of my all-time favorite directors, Spike Jones. Um, that put Spike Jones on the map. That music video. Uh, it's a guy with like a dog face, like walking down. Like it's just him, just like in the city, and people are just staring at him because he has a dog face, and they're like, "Why are you like this? Why are you not like everybody else?" That's the whole music video? Yeah, it's yeah, it's called like The Funk instead of The Fuck. fuck. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Aerodynamic. Uh, number seven, Doing It Right. You be doing it right. Doing it right. If you lose your way tonight. It's a good song. Okay. Do you know that song? Not with you singing it. Are you sure? I sang it perfectly. I don't think so. Everybody listening right now is like, I know that. That's a, he's saying that beautifully. Give that guy a Grammy is what people are listening. No. Yeah. No. 
divorced. Uh, number six, Instant Crush with uh, Julian Casablancas from The Strokes. Uh, it's a great song. Number five, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. And a lot of people, I'm sure. This is like a song of theirs that like blew up after the album was out for like years. Oh, really? Because they're for two reasons. Number one, Kanye West sampled it for the, his song Stronger. Right, he and did. Daft Punk is actually in that song. So, and Daft Punk, I think it was like loved that he did that because I think they got a bunch of royalties out of that too. I'm sure they made lo- a shitload of money on that. Oh yeah, that song is still popular. Yes. Um, and number two, there was a viral video that went out of I of this person that wrote down the words uh, "harder, better, faster, stronger" on their, on their fingers, fingers, and yeah. they're doing it like that. Totally. When YouTube it, just came out, yeah, yeah, it totally like jumped. That song got popular again. So that song's gotten popular like two separate times in almost two different decades. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, number four, Pharrell Williams. We're up all night to get lucky. That's Pharrell Williams? Yeah, with Daft Punk. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, he's happy singing that song. We're up all night to <laughs> get lucky. I mean, in recent years, has there been a bigger song? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. You don't have to keep repeating. I'm just fixing your mic. Maybe. (laughs) My God, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But remember when that song came out? How many times was that played? Like, I mean, nonstop, right? Well, I mean, it was nonstop in, like, commercials, I feel like. It was everywhere. It was on the radio radio, 24-7. In the stores. Yes. That song was everywhere when when that came out i can't like in the last 10 years i think that's probably the most popular song released in the last 10 years in my opinion anyways and i just can't really think of another one off the top of my head but if because if you really think about it that took a hip-hop slash r&b artist put him into this funk realm to where boomers who like funk music, like the old school funk music, mm-hmm. really like that. So now you're mixing in this hip hop R and B legend and Pharrell Williams into the mixer. You're getting all the young people in. It literally gave some everybody something to like. I would think maybe Bruno Mars did a little bit of that recently. Yeah, but Daft Punk started it. I know, but I'm trying to think of big songs right. like that were everywhere. Right. Um, number three, uh, arguably, probably aside from Get Lucky. Their probably their biggest song of all time. One more time. One more time. I mean, that's another one. When that song came out, it was everywhere. And it goes on. The only thing I don't like about that one is it goes on forever. I love it. I love that song. That's like a song with the beat is so good it can keep going on. Uh, number two, another song with Pharrell Williams off the Random Access Memories. Lose yourself to dance. Love that song. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. And my all-time favorite Daft Punk song, which will be played in its entirety at the end of today's show, as it is your song of the week. A little spoiler alert. I was going to gonna say, we're not there yet. Is Digital Love. Off Discovery. It's my all-time favorite Daft Punk song. I remember being a little kid listening to that song like on repeat. I don't know what that one sounds like. Yes, you do. I guess I'll just have to wait and listen. Yeah, I guess you will. Yep, those are my top 20 Daft Punk songs. Daft Punk, I really hope this is a publicity stunt. 
because I don't want you to just stop making music. All right, cool. And I want to see you live. All right, moving on. Uh, some shocking news this past week in the world of wrestling. The big show, Paul White signing with AEW. What? What? Are you not going to say anything? Well, I'm wait- I thought you were going to say something. Yeah. Uh, Paul White signing with AEW shocked the wrestling world this past week. A guy that I don't think anybody ever thought was going to leave WWE. It's just crazy. This is a very crazy thing for non-wrestling fans out there this is shocking like uh, i don't i never would have expected it yeah you when you were like guess who have you been on social media today and i was like no You're like guess who signed with AEW, and i'm like ah, uh, it wasn't even the first five or ten that i guessed i didn't guess them at all i would have never have guessed it and i was like is he older like is he retired no no fucking clue but honestly i'm not surprised like that's to me, that's how you know shit has gone bad in WWE. Right. Or like things are not going the way wrestlers want to end their careers or something. Something's gone bad enough to where they like jump ship and jump loyalty. To where the legends who don't even have to work, they sign a legends contract and you don't even have to show up to work. They'll still pay you. Well, and you get to do the cool shit. You don't have to do like has, shit you don't want to do. Well, yeah. Now he has creative freedom. And apparently it goes back to... Uh, WWE just did a Legends Night uh, about a month or two ago, I want to say. And it was that night where they were trying to come up with a new contract for Paul White, Big Show. And apparently they came up with a number for him, and he was not happy with that number. He felt like it was a little disrespectful. And he was like, no, I'm not doing that. And I kind of want to wrestle again. They're like, well, we don't want you to wrestle. It's, that sounds like so stupid. And then he goes on Raw. They have him on Raw that night. And they have Randy Orton, like, grab him, like, grab his chin. And Orton, like, berates him on live television. And he doesn't get to do shit about it. Yeah, he doesn't get to do shit about it. And he's kind of like, but I'm, like, way bigger than him. Why can't I just punch him? Like, that doesn't make sense. He's like, I shouldn't be grabbed in my face on camera. That doesn't make sense. And let it go. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for me to do that. I look like a little pansy pussy, basically. Right. Um, so that just irritated him a little bit. And then next thing you know, apparently he reached out to Tony Khan and was like, Hey, I think I want to leave. To me, it's like you were saying that a lot, like it's kind of opened the door for all other legends that you never thought would leave. I'm telling you right now. No, he's not. Undertaker. No, he's not. Is going to make an appearance on AEW. No, he won't. At some point. Yes, no, he, he will. No, he will not. There's no. I'm just calling. Big it. Show is nowhere near as big as the Undertaker. I get that. No, that's not happening. Why did the Undertaker retire in the middle of a fucking pandemic? They made him, but apparently he's wrestling at WrestleMania again. It was a cash grab. That's all that was. I have nothing to say about that. That's so dumb. Right. Yeah. That's so stupid. Yeah. Apparently he's training to wrestle again. For WWE. That's so dumb. Yep. I'd be so pissed that, like, you ruined my gimmick, you ruined my name. You just, like, basically I was this cool thing and you just trashed it. Right. It's like it's like a movie series that's so fucking good. And then, like, the third or the fourth one comes out and it's like, like Game of Thrones. It's literally like Game of Thrones. 
first seven seasons are fucking awesome, and then you just dumpster fire my last one. Right. Yeah. It ruins the whole thing. It does. It totally does. But I think, in a way, Big Show going to AEW opens the door for like bigger names that aren't guys like The Undertaker. Basically, guys who are so loyal to Vince, like they're not leaving. Big Show was loyal to events, but like a Jericho loyal. Taker is an, on another level. Taker is like Stone Cold. Like they're, I just, I can't see those two guys ever showing up anywhere else. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. But I don't know. Randy Orton used AEW last year to re-sign a bigger deal with WWE, which is fucking brilliant. That is smart. Make your yeah. money. Yeah. Exactly, and Cody Rhodes goes, hey, if you have to use us for leverage, go ahead and do it. I don't care. We've that got just... enough power over here that it's like you're not. He's, and, and Cody said it best. That just means that Vince is scared, and that's all that matters. Yeah, keep the competition strong. Yeah, mm-hmm. and competition's a good thing. I will say that. I will always say that. Competition's a good thing. Uh, we'll touch a little more on Big Show a little later on in the show uh, when we get to our wrestling talk at the end. Uh, but so this past week, Disney Plus has announced the release dates for so many different TV shows coming out uh, in the spring and summer. Holy shit! I said it. I did it. For those that don't know, this last twenty minutes has been a clusterfuck. I have been stuttering so fucking much on this episode; it's driving me fucking crazy. And I had to go take like a little ten-minute breather to fucking calm my nerves and like my. my, my not my goddamn nerves, just my like anger down. I get so mad at myself when I stutter. I, I just I feel like Biden. I'm Joe Biden. Just call me the president. Just call me the president. Call me President Biden, okay? Because we both have speech impediments, apparently. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, I I would I would play the bloopers to the to. Oh my god, I'm doing it again. You're getting in your head. I know, but I would play the bloopers, but there, it just infuriates me. I'm not even going to do it. Um, and by the way, to all the fucking idiots that say that Joe Biden is a boring president, that's what a president is supposed to be. Just, uh, I'm just going to put that out there. We're okay? not supposed to have a reality TV right. show as our uh, press conferences. Just, I'm just going to throw that out there. Biden's doing what you're supposed to union. do as a president. Not... Talk about fucking conspiracy theories. Jesus Christ. But anyway, Disney Plus announcing all those release dates, and we're going to run through them uh, real quick because there's a lot that they dropped. A bunch of shows that I can't wait for that uh, a couple of them are going to tie into WandaVision, which, by the way... Is awesome. Yeah. Uh, If you did not stick with WandaVision after the first two or three episodes, you're missing the fuck out. That's all I got to say. You just got you got frustrated with it and quit because yes. you didn't understand what was going on, but yeah. that's the whole point. Yeah. Um, slow burn, people. Just stick with it. You'll understand. Yeah. Everything will be clear. Yeah. And, I mean, that storytelling in that show is phenomenal. I can't, we can't even say anything because I know there's so many people that haven't seen it yet. There's a, a stork. And <laughs> I will say this. It's like, that's what we can say. Right. I will say this. Um... In a weird way, with COVID happening last year and everything, uh, Black Widow was supposed to come out last summer. And I want to say maybe there was another Marvel movie that was maybe going to drop. Or maybe Black Widow was the only one. I think that's what it was. So I think this was the first... Uh, 2020 was supposed to be the first year that only one Marvel movie was supposed to come out. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the 
first time since I think the first Iron Man. Is that why COVID happened? Yeah, to slow down Marvel. Did Marvel? Did Marvel? Because they planned one movie for 2020. Mm-hmm. Did they break the matrix? Right. Um, the reason why I bring that up is because I think WandaVision has been the perfect way to reintroduce us into the MCU again. Uh, with everything that happened after uh, Endgame and Spider-Man that came out right after Endgame, um, Spider-Man was almost like the... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It starts with an E. Epilogue? epilogue? Spider-Man was the perfect epilogue to that whole first story that culminates with Endgame, in my opinion. Uh, it ties in a little, a couple loose ends at the end. Um, it it kind of makes a sad ending kind of happy. Right, right. And we're all... We were also shocked by Iron Man dying at the end of Endgame. Spider Man gave you that little bit of levity that you needed, if you like. Mm-hmm. And to kind of round that out story. that story to see how he's doing after, right? But all of that shit went down. I don't think that movie gets enough credit for how well it does in telling that story, in my opinion. Uh, but Black Widow was supposed to be the next movie that came out after that. Uh, it obviously takes... Well, we don't know, actually. It supposedly takes place, um, I think, after the first Avengers movie. But it, not the second? Well, there's four. Um, oh. The last ones. Endgame and Infinity War, the la- three that, and four. That's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, apparently, that takes place in between somewhere in that timeline, because in... Um, does she die in Infinity War or Endgame? I don't know. I don't remember. It's Endgame, I think. Yeah, it's Endgame. Okay, so she dies in Endgame. So that makes no sense. Unless they use the Infinity Stone to bring her back. And it be after all four movies. Yeah, but we don't know that until we see the movie. We have no idea when that time frame is. A lot of people think, it though, that it is after the first Avengers. Okay. Um, so that was supposed to be that last year. But WandaVision has been perfect to bring us back in and cause it's, t- it's, it's literally tying in everything. I was a little nervous when they were saying they were going to make a, uh, a series versus a movie. This is the one I was the most intrigued for. I, I wasn't actually excited cause I was like a series, like a lot of shows bomb on series, especially on Disney plus, like, well, not on Disney plus Disney bombs, a lot of shit sometimes. Right. But Disney plus is Basically, they're trying to be like the Netflix to where they're putting in money to these TV shows like they would as if they're movies. I get it. I'm saying like uh, HBO, before, HBO put out really good series and it's really hard to keep up with like HBO and Showtime. That they changed. Yeah, they changed the game. Right. I was worried Disney Plus wouldn't be able to keep it up to par with their movies and compete as a series. Right. And I don't think you watch like the like the Comic-Con panel and stuff where the creator, like Kevin Feige, and um, uh, they all talked about how they were going to make these shows movie quality. Well, I know they said that they were going to do that, but... But there's been other shows where they're not movie quality, but they even said that it's not going to be on par with like our movies. They said anything that they're putting out that has anything to do with any characters that were in the MCU and in those movies... They're going to be like movies. They get like the budget for... Yes, because they know they're going to make it back, especially in merch and toys and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And how much money did uh, Endgame gross worldwide? Oh my God, I don't even know. It, it broke the record, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. 
It, it, it was everybody saw it. Everybody in every generation saw it. Because Avatar had it. Uh, let's see. Box office. Endgame. Avatar had it. And then Star Wars came close to breaking it. They didn't. Uh, Avengers Endgame made $2.7 billion worldwide. That's insane. Um, what is... Did they beat Avatar? Maybe they didn't beat Avatar. I thought there was a movie that did, though. Because domestically, domestic box office. Mm, I couldn't tell you that. Let's see. I'm not a movie uh, statistic person like you are. Star Wars has it. Okay. So, that's that's right. Um, so, Avatar had it which when avatar came out in 2009 titanic was actually the number one really? box office movie of all time a domestic box office movie of all time making 659 million dollars that was number one forever i mean that was a huge movie when it came out and people people actually thought it was gonna stay number one forever nobody thought it was ever gonna get broken because uh when the Dark Knight came out. It started to climb. It started to climb and keep climbing, and then it just stopped. And it's like everybody thought that was going to be the one to do it. And Dark Knight finished out with five hundred thirty-three million. So they weren't even. They were like kind of close, but not. Right. And then Infinity War didn't even beat. Or Infinity War did beat Titanic, but Avatar came out uh, in two thousand nine, and it made seven hundred sixty million. I mean, I saw Avatar in the theaters like three times. I think. James Cameron. That's why. James Cameron directed both Titanic and Avatar. Ah. Everybody goes crazy when he makes movies. It was just a cool movie. Well, and it uh, he introduced this new line of CGI that mm-hmm. nobody else has really done before. Uh, the story itself in Avatar, I think, is very basic. Oh, it's, shut it's, up. It is. It's Pocahontas. Shut up. It's exactly what it is. It's a great movie. But, it's, it's, but that story's been done a million times over and over. Like, that style, anyways. But the visual effects in that movie are cool as shit. Yeah, I think it was that. Because I think I even saw it in like uh, 3D theaters yeah. or something. The new ones are going to be insane. Because CGI has gotten even better since 2009. And the new ones apparently I think are underwater also. Oh, with the amount of money yeah. that they've spent. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Well, he wanted to make another movie with water again too. Titanic. Oh, I thought you meant underwater. Like underwater with budget. No. like That's what I thought. The next Avatar is like about a world that's underwater. Like the whole world's underwater. And they've been filming, like the actors have actually been in the water, like filming scenes and stuff. Really? Yeah. I'm I'm very intrigued to see how this is going to look. I mean, it's only been fucking 10 years in the making. It's Oh, it's, yeah, it's insane. And they're filming like, I think two, three, and four back to back to back. Disney World has the fucking amusement park out before the second movie has come out. Right. Right. Isn't that insane? Right. So in 2009, uh, Avatar had made $760 million, and that took over number one. They were number one forever. And then uh, Avengers came out in 2012. They made 623 They still didn't beat it. They were under Titanic. Uh, Jurassic World came out, $652 million. They were $8 million, or no, excuse me. They were $7 million away from beating Titanic. They still didn't beat Titanic. Then, uh, let's see, what else? 
Infinity War, 678. That beats Titanic, but it doesn't beat Avatar. Black Panther, 700 million. Beats Titanic and Avengers Infinity War, but doesn't beat Avatar. Endgame beats Avatar with $858 million in the United States alone. That's so crazy. They are number two. The number one domestic movie of all time came out in 2015. It is Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens at $936 million. They almost made a billion dollars in the United States alone. That's insane. That's so crazy. That's fucking insane. Because you got to think about it, too. In 2015, are basically the same movie prices as they are now. Yeah, they they haven't really changed. That's how long people were waiting for a Star Wars movie to come out, like a proper Star Wars movie to come out. And I don't care what anybody says. I will fight tooth and nail at this. The new trilogy is good. I don't care what anybody says. I like it. Do people not like it? Oh, my God, no. Like, no. Like, not at all. What? Yeah. It's, like, hated. Like, Star Wars fans hate the new trilogy. Really? Yeah, and they think the Mandalorian saved the franchise. I thought that the last three were good. I thought the last three... I didn't care for The Last Jedi the first time I saw it, and the it's one of those movies, like, the more you watch it, the more it's, like, it's pretty good. Except for, still, that scene with Princess Leia flying still pisses me off. <laughs> It just looks so stupid. It looks so stupid. I mean, there's a lot of things in the first movies, though, that look stupid. Well, yeah, but also at the same time, you got to think how old that was. Yeah, that is true. We, it, They dropped the ball on that. Right. Whoever um, signed okay on that was stupid. Wait, what are you talking about? Oh, in The Last Jedi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And a lot of people didn't like uh, Rise of Skywalker. I That was my favorite one of the new trilogy. I think that was the, the last most, one. Yeah, that was the most original, I think, of the trilogy. Too. I think I like that one the most, too. Yeah, that movie is fucking good. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, I know also with Star Wars fans, a lot of the actors and the director of the movie were not happy with Disney in making that. Disney stepped in a lot. Uh, I know John Bodega and uh, Oscar Isaac, who Poe and Finn they wanted their characters to be gay for each other in the movie, and Disney said no. Because Disney wants to put on a good face but doesn't actually want right. to put their money where their mouth is. Right, and it's so funny to me because Rise of Skywalker did not do as well at the box office as the other ones did. Like, I think that was the, like, that had to have been one of the lowest performing Star Wars movies ever at, at the movies. Probably, yeah. And then I think they broke records for DVDs, like, rentals. I wonder why. Because people were just like, I don't want to go to the movie to see it. I'll just but I'll watch it. it at home. Yeah, I'll watch. I'll pay three bucks to rent it. Mm. That makes of, sense. Yeah. And then I mean, you, I didn't like the second one really. I mean, I know you said Rise of Sky or uh, Last Jedi. Yeah, like when you watch it again, maybe. But I fell asleep during the first or the first time I watched yeah. it. Well, you also weren't really caught up the speed on the whole Star Wars story either. I think no, you enjoyed I was it. Lost. Yeah, I think you enjoyed it a little more the second time around because we watched them all in order. Yeah, I, w- I was lost on the first time I saw it. Right. And I think, because you enjoyed the old, like the original ones, yeah, correct? Yeah, I like the originals. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So anyway, Disney Plus announces their release dates for several new shows. First up, on March 19th, Falcon and the Winter Soldier finally hits. That show looks fucking awesome. Like, that show just looks like it's action-packed and, like, badass. And now we we find out where. 
where do we go in the Captain America story, basically? Where does it go without Captain America now? Because Falcon is... Anthony Mackie. He's the Iron Man. No. He's in the suit, right? With no. the wings? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in the wings. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. then Winter Soldier's... Bucky. Bucky. Yeah. Um, so another thing that Marvel has done so well, like, say, the card trick. That's all I'm going to say because I don't want to spoil anything from WandaVision, but people will understand when I say the card trick. Look it up. Look it up, because the the continuity there is phenomenal. They do another thing like that from the Winter... I want to say it's the Winter Soldier where the Falcon's in it for the first time. I think it's the Winter Soldier. I could be wrong. But do you remember the scene where Anthony Mackie's running, like, working out, and he's jogging, like, running around a circle, and Captain America's running past him. He's like, on your left! And he keeps, like, coming past him, like, keeps, like, overlapping him. He's like, hey, man, could you stop doing that? And that's when they, like, introduce each other for the first time. Because Captain America keeps running past. He keeps lapping. He's like, on your left, on your left, on your left. (laughs) And Endgame, when all the Avengers come back to fight Thanos, he goes, you hear the Falcon go, Captain, on your left. Oh, yeah. I love that. I didn't get that until just now. Yeah. It's a little, I love continuity like that. Little things like that, man. Matters so much in storytelling. Why? Where does the Falcon come from? What do you mean? Like, what's his origin story? We don't. We doesn't really. I mean, he doesn't really have one. He just was in like the um, like special forces. He was I just think. recruited. Yeah. Okay. He was just no. He's just in like special forces. He was just working with like Captain America. Right. He was like yeah. when Captain America became Captain yeah. America in present day. Yeah. He was like recruited with Captain America. He wasn't recruited with them. They already had like kind of like a team assembled. That's that's what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. that. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next up, March twenty sixth. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it, but I don't know how I'm gonna feel about it. The Mighty Ducks Game Changers comes out with Emilio Estevez returning, um, as the coach. But there's a twist. The Mighty Ducks are actually the villains in the show. See, I never watched The Mighty Ducks. What? I know. Uh, Mighty Ducks is a classic. So basically, they're taking the exact same story from the first movie and just doing it with a new team with Emilio Estevez. Um, the only thing is now, The Mighty Ducks became a franchise for little kids, almost as, almost like the bad guys in the first movie. So he's basically, they're just recreating the whole story again just as a television show for kids which is great because it's keeping that franchise alive and guess what this is so great for the fucking game of hockey i don't care what anybody says the fact that they are doing this is i think is gonna make is gonna have little kids wanting to watch hockey yeah that's great that's great for hockey because there's not many other shows that have hockey as like the like present day movies or series or anything right uh on may 4th May the 4th be with you. Star Wars, The Bad Batch comes out. It's a cartoon show. Uh, it's a spinoff from The Clone Wars. Uh, I know a lot of people who... A lot of people have told me I need to watch that show. That That's very well done. And just, it's a really good cartoon show. Uh, the Bad Batch, I think, is about... Um, I think it was an order... It's I forget. It's like Order 666 or something like that. I forget what the I number have, is. I have no idea. 
or Order 66. It's basically where the stormtroopers turn on all the Jedis. That's where all the Jedis die. They get killed because Darth Vader and Palpatine take over. And all the clones turn on all the Jedis and kill them all. The Bad Batch, I think, I could be wrong. I think the Bad Batch is about a group of clones who realize... That they're clones? Yeah, they re- they, they, they know they're clones, but they realize what they're doing is wrong, and they start fighting the stormtroopers. They start fighting the clones. Ah. They try to stick up for the Jedi, as I think that's what happens. This takes place, uh, I'm assuming this show takes place with the events after episode three and on, basically leading up to like Rogue One and the original Star Wars movie. I wouldn't be surprised if they connect. Right. But I love how it's coming out on May 4th. Smart marketing, Disney. Smarketing. Right. Smarketing. Uh, May 14th for all you High School Musical fans. Uh, high School Musical. I have never seen High School two. Musical. Have you ever seen High School Musical? No, but... I never watched one <laughs> fucking scene from it. Um, ever. There's a show coming out in June. We're going to say that for last. Uh, July 2nd, Monsters at Work. Monsters, Inc. is getting their own show. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to watch that. Yeah. Uh, Monsters at Work, their own show. Uh, July 16th, Tuner and Hooch. Remember that movie? No. It's like Tom Hanks and a dog, I think. No. Tuner yeah. and Hooch? Yeah. It was a movie? Yeah. Was it a cartoon? No, it's live action. I think that's what it is. But anyway, for because I think it was like an 80s movie, if I'm not mistaken. No. Anyway, they're having a show coming out. And on July 23rd, remember Chip and Dale, the chipmunks? Yeah, I used to work with them. Yep, they're back. They're having their own new cartoon show coming out, Chip and Dale Park Life. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm happy. Good for the kids. Kids are finally getting good cartoons again. When I worked at Disney, I worked with Chip and Dale all the time. And they literally, like, the characters (laughs) would run around and, like, steal people's food. They weren't supposed to, but they did. (laughs) They'd steal people's food and, like, shove food into little kids' hands. (laughs) Right. Um (laughs) On Paramount, uh, before we get to that last Disney Plus show, uh, on Paramount Plus, they announced and dropped a teaser for the new Rugrats reboot coming out, TV show. Which I will also watch. But it's it's not a cartoon. They actually made it like 3D animation. They made it like Jimmy Neutron, like in a way, with the original voice actors are back, too. Oh, they are? I yeah. didn't know if they were the original or if they just sounded really close. Oh, no. It's all the original voice actors are back. Very cool. Yeah. Uh Paramount Plus is starting to announce a lot of new stuff coming out, too. Uh, they're working on a Workaholics movie for that. I need to get... I feel like Workaholics I was obsessed with, and then I just fell off the wagon. Right. I don't I don't know. Did they get worse, or did I... Did no, they, everybody they fall stopped. Off? They, they made a final season. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. Did you watch it? I used to watch it. I fell off of it, but it's like... It's one of those shows that's like... Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's like... The episodes don't really follow each other, and right. you can pick it up wherever, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, on June 11th, this is the show I cannot wait for. June 11th, it was finally announced. We've been waiting for an, a release date for this. It's been announced. June 11th, Loki. See, I'm excited for it now only because of how good WandaVision is. Oh, I was always excited for I Loki. I wasn't. If Tom Hilston, anything with Tom Hilston, I'm watching because he's a good actor. And he he kills it as Loki. He might be the best character in the MCU, in my opinion. You think? I mean, he's a good... He... He's just so... Yeah, because he, 
his story arc is so great because he went from this major villain to end up being a a great good guy, just a smart ass. He became an anti-hero in the MCU. Yeah, he did. to the point when he died in Infinity War, you you were like, oh damn it! Like that one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. is now right not there. And what is amazing about this, Loki follows the events of Endgame, where if you remember in Endgame, uh, Captain America, the original Avengers, go back to the they go back in time to the first movie to recover the Infinity Stone. In doing so, they actually fuck up, and Loki picks up the stone and disappears. So we're following that Loki. So Loki technically never dies. I mean, he does, but not the the one that we're following. Right. So not in the time frame where Thanos gets the uh, where Thanos gets defeated. He doesn't die because they killed the Thanos that they beat at the end at the end of Endgame. Is the Thanos from like? when like the first guardians of the galaxy movie came out oh, because fuck. remember they kill Thanos right away at the very beginning of the movie after he snaps. Yeah. Every, yeah. Oh, the storytelling in the MCU is, is fucking phenomenal. It's the most, it is the most well thought out and probably the best executed story ever told in terms of when it comes to movies, think about how many movies they have gone through and how they all connected, and how consistent they were, everything. It's like they, the person who started the storyline was allowed to do whatever the fuck they wanted through the end. You know why? You know why? Because no. probably one day he was just like, he ate something and was like, I'm a weed gummy, yes, I'm a weed gummy. Are you going to play this every show now? I'm a weed gummy, yes, I'm a weed gummy. Yeah, I am. Side note, what would what did they just do on SNL that was like another Oh, the driver's license skit? Yeah. <laughs> so good. It was. So but, good. Yeah, if you haven't look up driver's license SNL on YouTube, you're welcome because that skit is phenomenal. All right. So yeah, Marvel release dates. I'm excited. It's finally happening. Yeah, I mean, we went through 2020 with like nothing. No, no shows to watch but Tiger King. If you look up like the Golden Globes and like what movies are nominated, it's like, what are these movies? These are movies I never heard of. Like previous years, like Academy Awards and Golden Globes, you were like, oh, those, yeah, I've heard a lot about this movie and how good it's supposed to be. The movies on this year's Golden Globes are like, what are, what is this? Because nothing came out in the last year because of COVID. I mean, what was the one where it was not, it was in Japanese? Parasite. Parasite. Like, that was huge. That got a ton of buzz before the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. And we had to watch it before Academy Awards because we we're like, we need to fucking mm-hmm. see this movie. Um, It was like, you could tell that there's not a lot when, uh, what got nominated for Best Picture? You said Hamilton. Borat was one. Borat. Like, Borat was nominated for, the, for a Golden Globe. Like, what? <laughs> you know the guy, the actor for Borat, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Right, uh, and I want to say that there was like a superhero movie that got nominated. Oh, The Mandalorian got nominated for like best TV show. I'm not surprised by that though. I'm not. I'm I'm happy for it, but it's it's still strange to see a Star Wars like thing nominated for an Academy Award, even though I think the original Star Wars movie was nominated for an Academy Award. Because that's just because it may have won too. But why wouldn't it be nominated? Why Why does that surprise you? Because you think about it now, like, 
movies like Star Wars or action blockbuster movies that are basically cash grabs for the studios, even though like they are good movies, they're not Academy Award winning movies, in my opinion. I think sometimes and sometimes not. When I think of Academy Award winning movies, I think of top notch acting, like amazing stories and just I don't know, more realistic movies, I guess you could say. Not box office. Not like not like the superhero. Because you got to be careful in doing that because you don't want to end up like the Grammys. Like the Grammys used to like really celebrate, I think, true musicians and music. The Grammys today are uh, just an MTV Music Award, in my opinion. Mm, it's all about popularity. Most, yeah. Who's on the billboards. Right. So and I think if you start putting movies like Avengers or star wars in that mix it's got to really deserve it's, it it's gonna be yeah and it's gonna start bringing down the value of winning an academy award if you're a movie maker because you don't in my opinion you don't want it to become another mtv award if that makes sense i agree but with the amount of talent and cinematic like like black panther and then the last um the last one the last avengers endgame like the actual artwork that was done in the movie and stuff like that was a that was a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, that should have deserved to they be nominated. Were, they were nominated for best visual effects, like CGI and mm-hmm. stuff, special effects. Yeah, they deserve to get nominated for stuff like that. But overall, best movie, I don't think so. Okay. The only person I think that should have gotten nominated for Academy Award is Robert Downey Jr. I thought he was good in that. Because you have a man crush on him. Who doesn't? Okay, that's true. Everybody does. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get into our songs of the week. But before we do, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor, Anything But Credible Podcast. Well, hello there. Dukes, Keith, and Griff here from the Anything But Credible Podcast, a.k.a. the ABC Pod. Fellas? Holla. Oh, hello. We're here to let you know that you could be possibly missing out on the best podcast ever created, aside from the Offended Podcast, of course, and you don't want to be missing that. Now, what makes us the best? Griff? Uh, yeah. Great. Keith? Uh, exactly. Look, I'll keep it really simple for you. Crazy people, crazy news, crazy theories, crazy uncredible. That's right. We made that word up. Griff, Keith, say something crazy for him. Quarter Russia wants you to believe in some real. Nice. Look, you can find us just about anywhere that you get your podcasts, especially Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to hit us up on Facebook at ABC Pod. That's ABC POD. Twitter at underscore ABC Pod. And Instagram at ABC Podcast. Check in with us for a new episode every Monday and join the conspiracy to commit stupid. We will see you then and shout out to the offended podcast. Adios. Later, guys. Like you more than a friend. time for songs of the week and make sure to go check out our playlist exclusively on spotify at offender presents songs of the week all righty then let's get into it
Okay, uh, who wants to go first? Oh, you want me to go? I have six songs. You're a dick. It's all right. You already know my one song, which we played in its entirety at the end of the show. That is uh, Digital Love by Daft Punk. So now that we all know that, Katie, go ahead with your first song. Um, I'm bringing it back, and there's a reason I picked this song. Because um, they have a new song that comes out, which is, you know, spoiler, um, my song number two. It's uh, The Red by Chevelle. Okay. Yeah, that's the old one. How's it go? You don't want me to sing it. <laughs> it's a badass song. They were playing it on the radio, and I was like, fuck. I forgot I used to jam out to this shit when I was 17 years old. Nice. Do you not know how the song goes? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I feel like I know what oh, it is. Oh, you know. Oh, you know. Hold on. You're going to play a snippet? I'm going to play a snippet. Stall. Mark Stall. I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Emo Katie was getting down to that. I forget the words, but yeah. So yeah. yeah. Seems like you know the words either. <laughs> uh, my first song this week, aside from Daft Punk, my first song is another song that I don't know the words to because I don't understand the words. But I love this song, and this artist is growing on me faster than I think a like an artist that doesn't speak English ever has. Like mold. Yes. Like a fungus. Uh Bad Bunny, his song Booker T. Bad that, Bunny is awesome. Was that not on your songs of the week recently? No, I looked. It wasn't. How did you not pick that song? I don't know. It's been out for like a month. I'm gonna try to memorize the words in that song so I can be like, I can speak Spanish. Cool, bro. Hey, at least it, at least Booker T pops up in the song. He's like, "Can you dig it, sucker?" <laughs> I love that Booker T's in like the music video, but I forget what the song is actually about because somebody looked up the lyrics, like translated the lyrics, and it has nothing to do with Booker T. <laughs> I mean, it's like every rap song where right. they they're rapping about something else, but they mm-hmm. reference like current pop culture, right? Um, but Booker T is in current pop culture. Okay, He's been or, retired for so long. Okay, but how many times do they reference like the Stone Cold well, Stunner? What That's I, true. Just dumbass shit or The Rock. I know. I know. Or Ric Flair. Yes. Um, Ric Flair drip. Oh, woo. Uh, but Bad Bunny, man, he's just killing it right now. Making a name for himself. He's the current WWE 24-7 champion. Um, Who brought the title out? I think he's the longest reigning 24-7 champion right now because R-Truth just loses it three times in one night. It's the best gimmick ever. I know. Um, but uh, even he was on Saturday Night Live this past week, and he was great on that. I feel like both his and songs. And he brought out the title. I know. I think both of his songs were more like performance art versus like let me do something flashy. Mm-hmm. It was more like I'm telling a story. And it really reminded me of Lady Gaga. I don't know if that makes sense to you because a lot – like sometimes she does have some flashy shit like Bad Romance or like uh, – uh, the Just Dance and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. those are big commercial hits. But then there's songs like Joanne, where she just sits with a guitar and just right. pours her heart out. And it's, like, such a meaningful experience. Speaking of Lady Gaga. Oh, my God. I saw that. I know. Okay. I haven't even done any fucking research, but did she get her dogs back yet? 
I don't think so. Um, she put out a five hundred thousand dollar reward for the dogs, but people were like, "But she's not saying anything about the dog walker." I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. Um, if my dogs got stolen, I wouldn't give a fuck about the dog walker either. I want my dogs. She's back. given they're, a they're... fuck about the dog walker. She just the dog walker is stable. She's probably paying for his shit and gonna like make his life better in so many ways, shape or form. Is it a he or she? I don't even know. I don't know. The dog walker. She's gonna make their life. So much better. Like sh- the dog walker's being taken care of, okay? Mm-hmm. But the dogs are not in a safe condition right now. So fuck off, people. Right. Like I would want, like, yeah. Let her care about the dog walker when she gets her dogs back. Sorry if, like, the person if a person walks my dog and I'm not friends with them and they're a professional dog walker, they got shot. Sorry, I want to know where my two children are. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't care if that sounds mean. I'm just being honest. Dogs, my Wayne and Garth, to me, are my children. Like They are. So, I'm sorry, but they mean more to me than some random person walking my dog. That's just all I got to say. Uh, however, Stout had the best tweet about it. What? His tweet was, just dance, it'll be okay. <laughs> um, No, fuck you. No, because just dance, I know. it'll be okay. I hope she gets her dogs back. I feel so bad for her. Mm-hmm. That's so fucked up. Mm-hmm. Is fucked up. So yeah, is it, it's my turn now. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I got heated. Sorry if that was your heel. Did I steal your heel? No, I forgot about it. But yes, it is now. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Um, Chevelle actually put out a new song recently. It's called "Remember When." It sounds like a Chevelle song. Two Chevelle songs. Yeah, one was old and one is new. Okay. Yeah, that's my. Just go with it. I'm Fuck. Along with it. All right. It's a good song. All right. 2021, okay? Okay. My turn? Yeah. All right. What's the new song called? Remember When. All right. Uh, my next song is by R.I.P. Fife Dog. Fife Dog, Buster Rhymes, and Red Man, Nutshell Part 2. Uh, I'm so excited for this uh, upcoming album. Fife Dog, obviously, he passed away about four or five years ago. Uh, due to his diabetes, Five Dog was in Tribe Called Quest, and um, that's what he, he died from his diabetes. Yeah, uh, complications with diabetes. Oh, yes, that's so sad. I know diabetes is so scary. It's like every a lot of people live with it, and then sometimes it's just so out of control. Right, right. Um, and he was arguably probably the best member of Tribe Called Quest, in my opinion. Um, I you know how much I love Tribe Called Quest. I um, do. So I'm very excited. We're getting unreleased Fife Dog music coming out, I think, either next month or the following month. I can't wait. But Nutshell Part 2, I mean, it. it's so awesome because it sounds, the music sounds like it's from the 90s again. It because sounds, it was it recorded. It could have been. But um, I just love it. I just love hearing Fife Dog and Buster Rhymes and Red Man, Red Man together. I don't know. There's something about, like, this tribe like the tribe called quest wu-tang clan and the you know, busta all of them like i love that sound of hip-hop that's probably that sound in the the old school kanye west like chicago style my two favorite styles of hip-hop i could see that yeah so what's your next song um next song i don't know if you have this or not but gasoline by heim Did i say that right Heim. i always mm-hmm. say it wrong and t swift Wow. I know. I like the song. I don't really like Taylor Swift. 
Except the one song she put out back in 2000-something. The one that she, like, just put out, like, again? Like, yeah, to put Love, in Love her Story. Way. Yeah. Yeah. I should, I, I should have put that in my top five. I'm surprised you didn't. Uh, my next song is called Eat, Sleep, Wake, Nothing But You by Bombay Bicycle Club. It's just a good song. Okay. Really good indie song. Check it out. Check it out. I know you've heard it. I couldn't tell you what it sounds like, though. Uh, sleep, wake, nothing but you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a good song, good song. Mm-hmm. Um, my fourth song is also a new hit by Weezer called Grapes of Wrath. It's new? Yeah. How, how have I not heard this yet? I don't know. I was looking on Spotify, like new, <sighs> new rock or whatever, and I was on there, and I did me a listen, and I was like, oh, that was pretty good. Sounds like Weezer. But kind of like not like Weezer, I guess. By Rivers Cuomo. You know, uh, people think Kurt Cobain is actually Rivers Cuomo, the lead singer of Weezer. What? That's a conspiracy. That Does he look like him? I don't see it. A lot of people think that they do look alike and that they sound alike. I don't hear it or see it at all. I'm, I'm just going to say Kurt, strong conspiracy Kurt Cobain theory. ain't going to leave Nirvana to go do Weezer shit. Weezer's okay. Weezer's cool, but the sound that they put out is not anything close to what I think Kurt Cobain will what his name attached to. Right, right. Like, I, I agree with that. Even even if they did look alike, like... Right. No. Right. Um, my next song is called Everybody Going Cra- Is Everybody Going Crazy by Nothing But Thieves. Nothing But Thieves, man. This The lead singer of their, uh, that band is so underrated. He has an awesome voice. Awesome voice. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, my fifth and final is totally fucking random, um, but I was singing it to the dogs today, and I think I'm going to make up my own lyrics for when it comes to dinner time because our dogs, literally, when it hits five fifty nine every night, because they eat sometime between like six and seven, five fifty nine, they are up our asses the whole. They the, don't. They the, don't the lay down. Day. They just like they just like look at you the whole time. They'll walk up and put their head down, like, on you, if like, I are you going to feed me or what? Even if I breathe, like, I'm going to get up, like, breathing in, like, I'm going to get up, they're up. They're already fucking mm-hmm. up. They're already up. So it's going to be every breath you take by the police. <laughs> <laughs> because they watch me for an entire, I could, until they eat. Right. Yeah, so that's my number five. Every move you make. I haven't made up the lyrics yet. What? Then you fuck, you can't freestyle then, I guess. No, I can't. Max Castro, the acclaimed, is disappointed in you. I'm the other guy that just holds the mic at the end. Boo, Marco! Boo! <laughs> As Marco's trying not to laugh. Yep. I think we're going to make that a new thing. Uh, what is the acclaimed, what's the acclaimed's new freestyle this week? And we're going to play it on the show, so we'll play it during the AEW portion. Okay, cool, cool. Um, my uh, last song of the week uh this week which we're gonna play the song in its entirety uh right here right at the end of the segment and when that song is over we're gonna go right into face and heel of the week um so i was just you know on instagram the other night and i realized i have like 20 something request messages in like my inbox on instagram most of them when i say most of them all of them but one 
are spam. Like oh, I was going to say, you have people like, slipping into your DMs. No. Oh, I have one that's like, it's the, Illu- it's the Illuminati. You want to join us? And it's you like, say yes. I'm join good. Join us. I'm good. But uh, the one was from this band called Glass Towns. And I'm going to read the... Uh, I'm going to read the message because I mean, if you, if you're, the reason why I want to read the message out is because it's almost like they know me and like, what a way to sell their music. They, like, had, they, they uh, did their, they did some marketing research. Yeah. Uh, they said, Hey, sorry to bug you. I know it's super random, but we just released a new music video last week. And I noticed that you followed the 1975, which is one of our big inspirations. And I know that when I said that just now, I, I know that you followed the 1975 and they're one of our biggest inspirations. I know that majority of the people listening to the show right now just laugh to themselves. Cause they're like, yep, that's how you get Todd right there. <laughs> that's how you got tricky. Tricky's listen. Now tricky. You got his attention. Now he's listening. Even if they weren't one of their biggest inspirations, you would have still given them a listen and been like, well, maybe, maybe they kind of, right. <laughs> I'm going to try to tie it to uh, them. But they're like, uh, anyways, cut things short. It would be super cool. If you checked out our video, let us know what you think. Uh, checked it out, and I'm not just playing it for no reason. They are very, very good, very good. Um, was pleasantly surprised by this because we've gotten some messages before from people being like, "Hey, can you play our stuff?" And I would listen to it and just kind of like, "Oh, this is very well played. Little bit next week, not that good." Uh, the band is called Class. Uh, excuse me. The band is called Glass Towns. Uh, Towns spelled T-O-W-N-E-S. Uh, they're fucking good. <laughs> they're fucking really good. And they totally have a 1975 style to the way, like especially the guitar riffs and everything. That's totally the sound of like the 1975. It's the lead singer that actually really wrapped, like grabbed my attention because in the parts of like the verses of the songs, his voice reminds me of the smiths almost in a way mm-hmm. and i love them and like that roped me in it's almost like a mix of smiths and the 1975 you fucking got my attention i now follow you on spotify follow you on twitter instagram i mean where can we follow we can follow them on instagram give me one second uh at glass towns band uh underscore underscore at the end um I'd highly recommend checking them out. They are very good. They're super unique. Very they're not unique. like ripping on. It seems like they're the brand 19, new. Yeah. It seems like they're very brand new. Too. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't have a lot of uh, posts or they don't have a lot of songs out that I've noticed anyways. Maybe I might be wrong on that, but um, I'm fucking, I'm so impressed by them. But anyway, uh, one of your songs of the week will be, oh my God. Will be Stall. slow, Stall. slow dancing by Glass Towns. Uh, this song is phenomenal. The music video is fucking good. For it being a new band, it, I was surprised at how good the music video was. Right, it, the vid- music video is well, like the way it's shot. You know me, my I love my cinematography. I love my cinematography. Uh, it's shot beautifully, and the aesthetics in it, like the color, is pink and blue that's my aesthetics so that's what i love like they did their research <laughs> yeah so way to go glass towns uh you got me as a fan so whenever we can go to shows again come to st louis we're gonna go to the show yeah i'm good with that so anyway here is slow dancing by glass towns hope you enjoy it 
Slow Dancing by Glass Towns. Phenomenal song, in my opinion. I love it. I feel like as we as we listen to it again, and I'm like, oh, this, I can hear where they are inspired by the 1975 and all this stuff, but it's like they're inspired, I think, by so many people. I'm like, I don't even know who they sound like anymore. Yeah, there's a bunch they just of, sound like themselves. It's good. It's yeah. great. It's honestly great. Keep doing what you're doing, because what you're doing is great. I love the vibe. Yes. Keep it up. Uh, I can't wait for new music to come out. Again, that's Glass Towns. The song is called Slow Dancing. You can look them up on YouTube. They're on YouTube. Look up Glass Towns. Again, that's Glass Towns, T-O-W-N-E-S, Slow Dancing. And you can find them on Instagram at Glass Towns Band underscore. Make sure to go find them and check them out. They are fucking great. Check them out. Glass Towns. Glass Towns. What's their band name? Glass Towns. Glass motherfucking Towns. 
they're they're a band now. So I give myself credit for discovering the 1975. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I discovered them here before anybody else in America discovered them. I was a Drive Like I Do fan. A what? Yeah, see, you don't even know. That was what their band was called before the 1975. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know what you were saying. And then Chocolate came out, and then they just exploded. I discovered the 1975. That's all I'm going to say. So, all-time favorite bands. Um, but yeah, Glass Towns, Glass Towns, Glass Towns. Go check them out. Song, Slow Dancing. Go check it out. And that is your songs of the week. Make sure to go check out our playlist exclusively on Spotify at Offender Presents Songs of the Week. And guess what? Glass Towns, you got to be on it. Cool. Cool beans. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, let's get into our face and heel of the week. You want me to go first? Sure. Uh, my f- face is, fuck, why do I always forget about shit like Burlington Coat Factory and fucking Marshalls <laughs> and fucking TJ Maxx? Like, God damn it, go and just take my money. I have bought so much shit from there and only spent like minimal money, okay? That's, I've just been having a shit ton of fun buying shit i don't need but i love you know accents and rugs and literally fucking hangers brought me joy so i guess that's how i know i'm 30 but yeah that's my hangers brought you joy that's my fate yeah they're velvet hangers i can hang my nice clothes on them that i'm gonna probably buy from marshall's so yeah that's my face nice uh my face uh can't wait tomorrow tom and jerry the back the boys are back the boys are back. The original bromance. They're not a bromance. No, they. I think they secretly respect each other. Because let's be honest. Like, they beat the shit out of each other. And then at the end of the day, they're like, okay, see you tomorrow. We'll do it again tomorrow. Like They're like the rock and stone cold. They are. But there's some, do you remember there's some cartoons of them where they team up and they're like, I got your back, bro. What, that, what they're doing to you is not right. I got your back. See, I think they secretly like each other. I think they're more like brothers where it's like, I can pick on you, but if anybody else fucking picks on you, they're dead. Right. And Tom is just hilarious. I don't care who the fuck you are. I don't care how old I get. I will always laugh at Tom and some of his mannerisms that he's done. That's something that I remember like watching with my grandparents. (laughs) (laughs) That probably won't be in the movie though. No. Yeah. That's offensive. That's like he spoke, I think like. Twice. Twice. And I think each time he spoke was he's trying to pick up a girl. Oh, uh, for sure. What's cooking, toots? I just remember that one because he, like, packs up, like, a cigarette and, like, does... Tries to be sexy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a cowboy or something, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. the way he... I'm going to start bringing back the word toots. Toots. What's up, toots? Toots? Tootsie? If I was single, I'd be like, what's cracking, toots? And they'd be like, this man is fucking crazy. Or they'd be like, this man watches Tom and Jerry. I'm wet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me know how that... You know but, what? You have permission to go out into that single world and just see how many... Yeah, see how many girls you can pick up with that line. Then it, it turns into real life Tom and Jerry. <laughs> no, I was going to say... I was going to say, then it turns into real life uh, reality TV. It's so fucked up. And that is how Tricky wound up in jail. It's like 90 Day Fiance kind of shit. Oh, fuck. Um, but yeah, Tom and Jerry. I'm excited. And Colin Jost is in it. So I think he's like one of the main, like, real people in the movie. He's like the hotel manager or something? No, he's like, I think one of the guests that like, oh. stays in the hotel. And I think, like, they, like, 
fuck with him like during the movie, like throughout the movie. He only got that part because his wife. Just kidding. what did Pete Davidson said on what did he say on SNL this past weekend? He's like, he's like, yeah, you're the man. Like, your wife, you know, yeah. you're just you're just the man. Yeah, it's like you are. You're just the man. <laughs> That's my Pete Davidson impression because he just talks like this sometimes. I kind of got it down a little bit. <laughs> I love that he's being featured more on SNL. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. He's clean. Yeah, he's I, happy. Ever since he got sober, he has been like hysterical. I think he's just happier. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's sure. not like a liability on the show. What what's the TikTok where he's like I think we actually talked about this on the show like a couple weeks ago where he's like he's like I need some my mother needs to get laid. And she, and the guy's <laughs> like, "Oh my god, he's like, "What? I'm serious. She needs to get dicked down, okay? I'm about to fuck her." <laughs> <laughs> I like also, too, he's like, yeah, she's got to move out. I got to move out. Somebody's got to move out. But it's like, deep down, this motherfucker loves living with his mom. Those are my, like, one of my favorite things on Weekend Update. I always get kind of bummed out when a character comes in while Colin Jost and Michael Che are doing update because they are that good together that you don't want it to stop or Well, pause. sometimes the characters aren't that great. They're not. They're not. But Pete Davidson, when he comes in, I'm like, yes, here we go. It's not like Stefan was great. Uh, Drunk Uncle was great. Uh, they don't have like a character that... They're trying to find the new Pete one. Pete Davidson is that character, but he's just being himself. He's not being a character. Like was, He is that, like the new... like. Who is Adam Sandler, the Dracula? Opera Man. Opera Man. Yeah, made of concrete. Oh, yeah. Let's do the Pearl Jam one. But, uh, yes, he was. <laughs> what? Did you just realize that that's what I was doing? No, I just didn't expect that to come out of your mouth. Like, you know, you know it. Like, yeah, I should I, know that you better by now. I grew up on Saturday Night Live. Like, when I was a kid, here's the funny thing. When I was a kid, there's like five things that I watched. It was never like kid shows besides maybe Tom and Jerry. And Animaniacs. No, that it Warner Bros. like Looney Tunes. So like, it was like Tom and Jerry, Looney Tunes, Saturday Night Live, which I probably should not have been watching. No. I will put Wayne's World in there because I was obsessed with Wayne's World. Uh, wrestling and hockey. Nothing's changed. No. Nothing's changed. You had a very young mother. Yeah. In a house full of grandparents who my f- gave you everything you wanted. My favorite band when I was two years old was Pearl Jam, and I would sing Daughter, like, all the time, apparently. Don't call me daughter. That's <laughs> so how I would like, like, sing Because I'm a son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Tom and Jerry, anyway. I'm excited. I can't wait. It's just so many. Like, my childhood is back this year. Like, my childhood is back. AEW Wrestling is on top of the fucking mountain right now for wrestling. Wrestling's back. Um, just hockey being back is just great, you know, after COVID last year. Uh, Tom and Jerry, Space Jam 2 coming out, The Matrix coming out this year. Like, it's like my little kid, my fandom as a little kid is all back. Star Wars is on top of the, on top of the world again. Like, everything's back. Well, good for you. I just, can need, you... I just need Batman now. I was going to say, can you Wayne's like... World had a fucking commercial at the Super Bowl. Like, They're coming back. They have to. I hope so. They have to. They're promoting the shit out of that. You know how many Wayne's World commercials I've been seeing on the TV? Oh, it's all over. On the TV. I sound like I'm fucking on 90. the TV. On the Fuck. on the television while I was watching my program. Fuck me, B. 
being an old ass millennial. You're 30. God. All right. Uh, what's your heel? Uh, my heel is the person who stole Lady Gaga's dogs. Fuck them. What was your original heel? Um, so so we already covered that. So what was your original? My heel? original heel is not as exciting for people who don't live in the house with you and I. So nobody else. Um, but today, I work from home. So I get up, do my fucking like work stuff. I'm like working, working, working. And it's like nine. I've been up for like two hours. And I fucking go to give the dogs water. Because they're fucking thirsty little bitches. And the water doesn't turn on. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my fucking God. I like run downstairs, make sure there's no pipes bursting. Our fucking luck in this 105-year-old house, okay? No, we're all good. And I was like, oh my God. The water's off. I was like, maybe it won't be so bad. Maybe it won't be so bad. One hour goes by. Two hours go by. Finally, Tricky emailed the water division and they're like, yeah, we are. We had a water main break. Four hours go by. We literally had to walk to the gas station. We could have driven, but we walked because it's nice. Got like five bottles of water. Came back. Six hours go by. And so finally I called them. I was like, um, is the water coming back on tonight? And the guy was rude as fuck. Like, sorry, city guy. <laughs> I'm sorry that your life is so hard that you have to tell people that the water's coming back on well, eventually. And, um... What about the email I sent? Oh, what was your, what is the response you got to the email? I was, I was like polite and being like, hey, uh, we haven't had water in four hours. Just wondering if there's any like update that we can provide for us. Um, we have two dogs and we'd like to give them water, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and uh, the we'd response, like to flush our toilet. The response was three words. It was all caps and it said, repairing main break. Thanks for the update. Any timetable of when that will be fixed? no response yeah yeah and so as i'm talking to this guy and he's like well usually usually we call or we knock on your door or leave a post-it or leave us something we didn't have we didn't have time today and i was like well he's like well you should have filled your tub up i'm like well if i would have fucking known yeah i love how you said you should have filled your tub up and it's like well how were we supposed to know to fill our tub up when we never got notified of like hey this is happening um like you should get an there should be an automated email sent out to everybody who is who has St. Louis water like even if they gave me 10 minutes before 10 minutes would have been enough time. Yeah. It's like all you need like it's very easy to set up an email system that's automated and you just click like water about to be out, make sure to go fill up your bathtub. So his suggestion to me was to go to my neighbors and ask them if I can fill up a bucket of water. This is what this boomer was asking me to do. So I, I did. I did do that because... Well, you went to the... Uh, I, w- I went to the ice cream place. Shout out Clementines. Thanks for the help. Yeah, thank you for letting us have a bucket of water. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so that was my heel. Like, it w- our water was out from 9 a.m. till about 5 p.m. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, thanks for mm-hmm. nothing. Right. Thanks for the water being back on. Our tub is full of water. Yeah, I love how they're like, we don't give you an estimate of when it could be. And you're like, well, that's kind of ridiculous because, like, we just moved in. We don't know our neighbors. Um, you don't have any estimate. And the guy quickly changed his tone with you. And it was like, I think it's going to be about three or four hours. I'm like, well, at least, we, at least it'll come on by dinner, I guess. It actually kicked on uh, an hour later. It's it's almost like that phone call kind of worked because there was a guy that drove right to where 
like they must have realized that I was the one emailing them and you were the one that called because I in the email I gave our address and right in front of our house the guy came up and like undid the fire hydrant and drove off like he would like he was like hustling to get it off and like drove away so we're like fuck these people have been without this whole street's been without water for right. it's so stupid it is it is um my mom said there was a really bad water break on River de Pere, which is probably... I think that's probably that's what it where was. it was. Yeah. And I get you got to fix your shit. Because I think but... that's where the main source is anyways, because it's right next to the river. So that way, if anything needs to go out, it goes right into mm-hmm. River de Pere. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, my heel of the week. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, the St. Louis Blues and their injuries. Um, Didn't you say there was another one? Yeah. So normally... During a hockey season, uh, the average amount of injuries um, can range anywhere between like two to four, I think is kind of like, I would say that's the average, right? right. Um, the year we won the Stanley Cup, the year that when the Blues won the Stanley Cup, um, there was no injuries. We got very lucky that year. Um, if there was an injury... It was resolved in a couple games or something? It was either resolved in a couple games or it didn't matter towards the playoffs. Okay. But I'm almost positive the only times that we were missing players that year was either, I think, for a suspension or just a maintenance day. Like Okay. Um, but, yeah, so average injury on a team during a season, during a whole season, is about two to four. Do you think it's because of the schedule, or do you like are other teams getting injured as much as the no, Blues? No, God, no, no. So what the fuck's going on? I don't know. Um, it might be because of the schedule. I have no idea. But as of right now, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players out right now. That's half your starting oh roster. Oh my God, that's I didn't half, realize it was nine. Yeah, that's half your starting roster. Like, what are we gonna do? And then you add in the factor of we. Losing Petrangelo, but in full honesty, I think our defense... The thing is, our defense, I think, has actually been playing pretty well. We're just not scoring because we are leaving so many players out on the ice for an extended period of time because we have so many injured players that the people that we called up normally don't see a lot of ice time. So we have, to to rely, we have to rely on our all-stars and our really good players to play like the entire game, which... By the time the third period comes around, say like guys like you can tell, especially with guys with David Perron and Ryan and Captain Ryan O'Reilly, I think you can really tell with those two the most of how worn down they look. They're gassed. They just like and O'Reilly does not give up. And he you could tell he doesn't give up, but man, there's some plays where he's just like you his body language just doesn't look right. Um, and he trains so fucking hard. Yeah. So it's like this shouldn't be too. Right. I mean, you wouldn't think it'd be too much of a stretch, right. like a stretch from his normal. Um, right. Uh, let's see. It all starts starts with Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, shoulder injury from last year's playoffs out indefinitely. He has been practicing with the team recently. We could be seeing Vladimir Tarasenko back in the lineup sooner than later, which is phenomenal news for the blues yeah getting, i mean they getting would him back something like that well getting tarasenko back arguably one of the best offensive players in the nhl is coming back well that um, would give like high like high morale and right also some right on this list i just realized that alexander steen is on this list he did retire before the season start like 
three weeks before the season started due to a back injury. Um, okay. Next up, we have Tyler Bozak. He has upper body day-to-day. He should be coming back any game now, but he's been out for about a month now. Uh, Robert Thomas broke his thumb about a month ago. He like, is still like That's a bad injury, too. Well, you can't grip the stick. Right. Like, it's, and you it's can't a work sh- And it's it. on his, like, I think his dominant, like, hand, too, that where he's snapping the shot. Oh, no. So we lost him. He's He should be back probably in the next two or three weeks. Uh, Scott Peronovich, I think is how you pronounce his name, defenseman. Uh, I think he's a rookie. Uh, he hurt his shoulder. He is out for the season. Oh, my God. Um, Jaden Schwartz has been sidelined since February 13th, lower body injury. He's been considered day-to-day now for the last two weeks. What does that mean? Day-to-day. He like, could come back anytime. Okay, I but got it. But he's been out every game for the last two weeks. And his presence on the ice is sorely missing. He does so much work. He's another He's another one of those players that just never stops, never stops moving. He sets up so many goals that people don't realize. If he's not getting a point, he started that play more than likely. Where someone to else get is the getting goal. the point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you could say the same with Tarasenko too. Tarasenko is another one of those players where if he's if his presence is just on the ice, that helps the Blues out so much more because guys like him are double marked to where it frees open a spot for somebody else to get open and get the puck towards the net. Um, so Jaden Schwartz, he's day to day. I'm assuming he could be back any game now. We'll see. Uh, Ivan Barbashev. Uh, he hurt his ankle uh, on February 18th. He's week to week as of right now. That sucks, too, because he's very good at killing penalties. Colton Pareko, uh, finally, this was okay. This was one of the players that I have been saying they need to let him rest. They need to bench him because you can tell that he is not the same player as he was in the previous years. Colton Pareko is one of our best defensemen and he has just not looked right all year. And at first I thought it was like a knee injury and it's just his push off. He's such a big body. He's like six, six or six, seven on skates. Really? Yeah. He's a tall motherfucker. I didn't realize he was that big on skates. He's that tall. Oh, okay. 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 Um, so like when he takes a stride, he's already halfway up the ice. Right. Well, this year, it would take him like a couple strides to like get moving and get going. And he's getting beat off the puck very easily, which he never gets beat off the puck almost ever. So like, you you were like, this is, I'm like, he's not, he's not okay. He's playing hurt. And then come to find out it's his fucking back and he has a bulging disc in his back. And it's like, how the fuck was he expected to play? Playing? How was he like, expected to play? Right. And it's almost, that's such a scary injury to me that I'm almost, I almost kind of want to say, fuck it. Keep him out the entire rest of the year. Save him. A back is a back injury is no joke. No. You can't fuck with that. And it's going to get worse if you don't take care of it sooner than right. later. Exactly. Uh, so that's a scary one. Uh, He's for now. They're still considering him day to day, but I will not be surprised in the slightest if he's out for the rest of the season. And he gets put on long term IR, which would free up a shitload of cap space for us, by the way. So to where we could actually make a move if we really wanted to. Oh, they can make moves if they put him if on they, the bench. If they put him on long term IR. Long term IR means like they're you're basically you're probably not going to play for the rest of the year. 
So um, with the person coming in, they would just be the so, contract through the rest of the year or something? So since, like, Alexander Steen retired three weeks before the season started, uh, he's technically on our roster still because he didn't retire when everything was going on because he was trying to play, and he was like, I can't move because okay. his back is so fucked up. Um, They put him on long-term IR, which means he still gets paid, but it frees up cap space for us to go make moves. Okay, okay. Um. And so we have had this dilemma right now with Tarasenko is what would we have done when Tarasenko comes back because his cap, his uh, contract is pretty, it's not for his type of player. It should be bigger. Tarasenko's contract. It should be bigger. Uh, And it's not because he wants to win. He took a cut to get players here. Tom Brady. Yeah. Yes. Um, And then finally, um, the other night, uh, Carl Gunnarsson uh, out for the season with a knee injury. It looked like he uh, tore his ACL the other mm. night. Uh, the way he went on the boards the, just looked awkward. And he could he was not putting any weight on his leg whatsoever. Like he was ACL, helped to the back. Knee injuries are he, and he's hurt every year, and it scares me for him. Uh, I think he's like 33, 34 years old. This was his contract year. His contract is up at the end of the year. So you know he was trying his hardest so he'd get paid again next year. That is that's just a bummer. Like that's that's really sucks for him for boom boom. Boom boom Gunnarsson. Um so we hope we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh but yeah, he is out for the rest of the season. Another one last night, uh I was like it's almost comical now. Uh Marco Scandella, which would have made it ten, uh he got hit in the face with a puck last night and came out of the game, but he seems to be fine. Maybe he lost a couple teeth, maybe he broke his nose. But uh, so he seems crazy. to be fine now. That's so crazy. But you can tell the Blues are just we went uh, we went five and a half periods without scoring a goal. That's two. That's a that's a game and a half. Oh my god! Uh, we got shut out by the Kings on Monday night, and then we didn't score until the final uh, minute in like thirty seconds of last night's game. We finally scored on them. And they've been so demoralized. We, yeah, by... we're, you can tell because like there's no chemistry there right now, and you can't build chemistry if half your starting roster is out. And it's not like I get it when we lose players and like other players come up, but the difference here is the players that we're losing are our key players. They're our best players. Bozak is one of the best offensive. He's one of the best faceoff men in the league. So. Right there, you're losing faceoffs now to where the other team automatically gets the puck right off the drop. Well, and it puts that pressure on the t- whatever's He's, left of the right. team where they're like, man, we're losing this guy, this right. guy, this guy. Like, that doesn't give a good mentality for... Right. Alexander Steen retiring before the season started. He was in line. He was almost our captain before Petrangelo was. So that just shows you the leadership that he has. Vladimir Tarasenko is another guy who is a proven leader for the Blues and not only a proven leader for the Blues... But arguably, uh, probably one of the best goal scorers for the St. Louis Blues since Brett Hall, maybe. I would agree with that. Um, so you lose him. Robert Thomas, young Robert Thomas, uh, one of the hardest working hockey players in the league, in my opinion. Uh, never gives up on a shift. Uh, makes plays happen. He's fast. He's young. He has confidence. And you lose that, that fucks up with that line. Um, Jaden Schwartz probably arguably the one of the best playmakers on our team in my opinion 
just he his knowledge for the game and his hockey sense is unmatched. Uh, and so you lose that, you lose you lose the playmakers, you lose set, setting up for the play, setting up for the puck. And I think missing Schwartz has really shown since he's been injured because I don't think we have been scoring that much, and I don't think we look that good. I think Jaden Schwartz is really the glue that we are missing right now. And then you add Colton Pareko, Carl Garnison, two top top tier defensemen for the Blues are out. Uh, and then you have Ivan Barbashev and Tyler Bozak. They're penalty killers. They're grinders. They're just hard working players. I mean, we are missing key fucking players. It just sucks because I feel like when the season, like right before the season started. All Blues fans were like, man, our team looks so fucking good. Right, yeah. We look so good, mm-hmm. and it's like, man, they just crashed and burned. It's it's crazy. Like, even, um, like, the last few games, like, our announcers are like, what is going on? Like, wh- how are we getting injured this much? It's like they and can't catch a break. And, like, right. getting a puck to the face, that's... Right. Like, that happens, but, like, why did it right. have to happen to the Blues? Right, and it's not like these... It's not like they're being pussies or anything like that. These are, like kind of serious injuries here like non-playable injuries right and because it's a they're hockey players hockey players aren't gonna just like come out <laughs> fucking colton pareko is playing with almost a fucking broken back and he's trying to work through it to the point where it's like you gotta get you gotta go see a doctor you have to you can't play anymore you have to go <laughs> right um yeah i can't we should start getting some players back i will say this I am very happy it's happening now and not at the end of the season or like in the playoffs because that would just be frustrating as hell. Yeah, you work your whole way and then everybody just gets fucking hurt. Get it out of the way now. Let's build up some confidence and chemistry going into the playoffs. I still think the Blues will be solid going into the playoffs if we can get these players back. And shout out Jordan Bennington. This is the Jordan Bennington of 2019 all over again. He has been fucking stellar. Uh, Unfortunately, he's not getting support right now. And at the same time, it's so hard to be mad at this team when you have that many injuries at once. I agree with that. Like, give give the guy a fucking break. Right. He's he's (laughs) carrying the weight of, like, what three goaltenders should be carrying. I will say this is the first time in a while that Blues fans are kind of keeping it cool. Like, they maybe understand. Maybe maybe the weight of like winning one Stanley Cup recently has like well, eased I don't know. some tension. I would say yeah, but last year they were kind of psycho. That's why it's, I'm kind of shocked right now that like fans are saying like nice things about right. players who are hurt. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, shout out to uh, Justin Falk. Uh, Stellar. He's been probably arguably our best defenseman. Uh, Tori Krug, another one, just consistent. He's consistent. Welcome to St. Louis. He is just a consistent defensive hockey player. And he can, and he's fast, sets up the play on the power play. Our power play has improved so much. Even though we're 28th in the league right now, um, I think our power play has improved so much. And I just think if we get Jaden Schwartz back, our power play will start scoring. And I love what Captain Ryan O'Reilly said today. He said, a lot of this falls on me. I will take blame for this. I need to be better. I need to get the puck in the net, especially on the power play. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a captain. That's a fucking leader. That's a fucking captain. I don't – if, if anything, if I could say anything is keep believing, have faith, Blues fans. 
I honestly think the Blues are about to go on a tear here when we start getting some of these players back. Um, we're it's it's almost reminiscent of the 2019 season all over again, and maybe not with the injuries, but, but being with, the with the way we're and... playing, we almost we're almost back into that underdog format again. And I think, in my opinion, I think the Blues are better with their backs up against the wall instead of going face first, like in as the leaders. I would agree with that as well. Yeah. So. I think I think we will turn it around. Time will tell, but let's go blues. Right? And that was your face and heel of the week. Did you want to say something else? No, no. It just looked like you were getting ready to say no, something. No, I was just ready to ready to podcast. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh before we get into our AEW review, preview crossroads next week. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Our other sponsors, Going Off Topic Podcast, Mr. Kyle Fauché. And make sure to go check out uh, the Going Off Topic Podcast, which I think comes out on Mondays, maybe Sunday. Uh, comes out on Mondays, I think. Uh, it was the movie game. It was the sequel to last time. Remember the first time I got screwed? Collusion. Fuck you, Denny. We It was such collusion. Denny, I've never met you, but I've been told to hate you. <laughs> Uh, but we recorded it last night. I am not going to talk about it today. Just go and listen to the show uh, when it comes out on Monday, and we will recap that next week. But anyway, here is the Going Off Topic podcast with Kyle Fauché. What's up, everybody? Kyle Fauché here to tell you about my brand new podcast, the Going Off Topic podcast brought to you by the Anything But Credible Network. On Going Off Topic, I look at all forms of media, from different real and theoretical angles that you don't usually hear about. From movies, to TV, to music, to sports, to gaming, to anything really. You never know what the topic will be, but you're guaranteed a new angle and a different conversation about it, that's for sure. You can find Going Off Topic anywhere and everywhere that you get your podcasts. Check out our social media feeds on Facebook, Going Off Topic with Kyle Fauché, on Twitter, going underscore off underscore topic. And don't forget about anythingbutcredible.com, where you can find everything for the pod, including the written blog post. That's right. We're carrying over the Going Off Topic blog to anythingbutcredible.com too. So check it all out there, and I'll catch you on the next topic. AEW Dynamite this past week again. They are on fucking fire heading into Revolution. No way. I, Jim and I both talked about how we both thought that this past episode of Dynamite was just going to be eh. Because they kind of do that. They go like one really hot one mm-hmm. and one kind of like meh. But fuck were we wrong. Uh, holy shit what an episode... And they're staying true to their tradition right now. The taped show has been better than the live show. Well, I, I have a reason for that, actually. But we can get into that as we talk about matches. Okay. All right. All right. But before we get into the Dynamite, Platinum Max Caster, AEW Dark. This is going to be a new thing now. Every time we talk about AEW, uh, he had another freestyle on Dark. And it was on Marco Stunt this time. We're going to play for you. Okay. Your guys. Oh, lucky place. 
So yeah, Max Caster with another solid rep. Uh, Marco Stunt, for those that don't know who he is, uh, for those size. non-wrestling fans, Marco Stunt is like five, like four foot, like... What? 11 maybe? Yeah. Uh, and he has extremely long, like curly hair, just like his tag team partner, Jungle Boy, which Jungle Boy's song is Tarzan Boy, with our Songs of the Week theme song. Um, he actually does look like he, they could be brothers. They look like they could be brothers. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, dry left him in the dryer because he shrunk. It, the camera and shoots he, over to Marco Stunt's face, and he's like, "No, trying. It, no, he, he." They shot over to him because of the wild thornberries comment, because he totally does look like that little kid from yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, that kid, yeah, the voice by Flea from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, yes. <laughs> um. I would, that was one of the best cartoons. It's underrated. It's still underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Platinum Max, AW Dark. AW Dark has been so much fun to watch now. So casual. It is. It's so casual. It's so laid back. And just listening to Taz and Excalibur is hilarious. Because they are so relaxed. Yes. And uh, again, another thing that was fucking great on Dark this past week was John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order. John Silver doing his, like, his faces, his different faces, and Alex was like, "Yeah, yeah, get it, John." Hyping yeah. him up, hyping, hyping him up. up, and then he just starts. They both just bust out laughing. Like that's one of the hardest I think I've ever seen. Like wrestlers actually laugh, like on camera. Yeah, because yeah. that was great. Um, the AW Dynamite this past week. Uh, wow, I mean, just wow. Woo! And I was reading on Twitter some of these tweets of like how. Some fans like weren't sold on buying the pay per view revolution and all that. And uh, after Wednesday night's dynamite, a lot of those fans have changed their tone. They were like, you know what? That episode just completely sold me. And one of the things that sold them so well were there was two segments, and I agree with them, was Jericho and MJF. Oh, fuck yeah. Beating up Papa Buck. Fuck them. And Papa Buck is the nicest human being alive. Mm hmm. Uh, we met him. We met him. Yeah, and he was the nicest. He person. talked to us because he was bored at the the thing we were at. Literally, <laughs> literally, what he said on Dynamite, and if you watch Being the Elite, uh, literally what he said on both the shows, he's like, "I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of you guys." When we met him at Starcast, he was like, "I'm just so proud of my boys. You guys have no idea. I'm just so proud of my boys." And we must have made some type of impression on him because. I am friends with him on Facebook, and and he <laughs> and he follows me on Twitter. So Papa Buck's my boy. Um, we were waiting um, in line. What were we waiting in line for? 
something where the Bucks were doing. We a... were just there. Uh, it was like no, we were in line. No, no, we went up to the line for the Bucks. We didn't. No, get... it, we no, we didn't meet the Bucks. This was um, this was the first Starcast, correct? This was all in, right? Yeah, this was all in. So this was okay. That makes sense then. The reason why we were there when they were there is because I called a match with Ian Riccoboni of Ring of Honor. Mm. We called a match together. Shout out. I wish we had the, we never got the audio to that. And like, I totally. <laughs> All In was kind of a shit show. <laughs> I just, I really wish I would have just told you to just record it on your phone yeah. or just set up. I wish I would have set up my phone because I could have taken the audio from that and played it over the match, like for my personal, like, likening. And I remember at StarCast, do you remember this? Mm-hmm. The people waiting in line that were so impressed by me. <laughs> They're like, oh man! Like, remember the one like the there was like four guys right in front. They're like, he's really good. I overheard them say that too. I'm like, don't don't think about it. Don't, don't think fuck about with it. me right now. Yeah, because here I'm like they match up really good, and I will never forget Ian Riccoboni's face when like I matched him on perfectly in sync on the super kick. He looked at me like, okay, okay, this kid's kind of good kind of good and i remember like when we got done ian's like that was awesome like (laughs) but he was another one he we stood there and talked to him too we did stand there and talk to him but yeah we talked to buck papa buck like he introduced me ian riccoboni introduced me to his wife and two children like that's how laid back things were at that star cast yeah it was it was a shit show but i say that very lovingly yeah like it was cool super casual so we when i was done doing calling a match with ian i we got one to the bar and grabbed the beer and the bucks were actually right behind me when I was calling their match against Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly from ring of honor, which is fucking hilarious. So I remember just being like, I'm just going to start yelling loudly so the bucks can hear me, but they're so <laughs> professionals. They're, they're so professional. They were just focused on doing their uh, but they autographs. Did, they did their autographs in the main lobby of the right. hotel. That's how laid back it was. Right. And we walked up to get a beer. And Papa Buck's just standing by himself, just like admiring everything. And selling CDs. Yeah, he was trying to sell selling his CDs. Some merch. Nobody was going up to him. So we were, just walked up to him. He's like, hey, guys, how are you? And we started talking. And we literally, how, do you, how long do you think we stayed there and talked to him for? 30 minutes? Yeah, it was like 30, close. 30, 40 minutes? It was a long time. Because, like, he didn't stop talking to us. No. It was a, it was a, there was a point where he just took the conversation and just went with it. Yeah, and we were just talking. I think he was lonely. But we were just talking about stuff, just chilling. I and I wonder if, like, Matt and Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks had ever looked over at us and were like, who are these people talking to my dad? I guess, I guess Papa made a friend. Like, <laughs> but, uh, but when we were done talking to him, I didn't even think twice because he was not trying to sell us his CD. No. He did not ask us once. He's like, did you want my CD or anything? He was. Just, we were just talking to him. And I was like, hey, take care. We walked away. I'm like, we should probably buy his CD because he was so nice. It was like $5. Yeah. And it was signed by the Bucks, too. It was. Um, so we went back. And I'm like, you know what? Can I get a CD? He's like, yeah, you want one? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, like, and then, of course, and it was another 20-minute conversation that followed after that. But it was like. I think that made my weekend, just how cool he was. I think we would have been way better friends with the Buck, with Papa Buck if he would have drank. <laughs> we would have been like, hey, you want a beer? And he would have been like, hey, yeah. Like if it was uh, Hangman, Hangman's dad would have been like, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so MJF and Jericho beating up Papa Bunk. Papa Bunk? Papa, Papa Bunk. Buck. 
struck a nerve with me. I'm like, you don't touch him. That's the nicest guy ever. Don't fucking put your hands on him, Jericho. You little bitch. <laughs> really makes you hate Jericho. Yeah. Like, MJF, I used to not you hate scarf-wearing Jericho. fucker. I used to not hate Jericho or MJF. I'm like, they're really good heels. Yeah, they are. And now I'm like, you bitches. Shout out to Papa Buck for the perfect placement of the blood on uh, oh, yeah. Matt and Nick Jackson's face on the trailer. You got a good smack on each of them. Well, it's funny because I didn't even, I noticed the blood on their faces like why I watched it. But today I was watching like when he did it. I didn't realize that he did it with his hand. I didn't realize that he had that thing he of blood. blood in his yeah, hand. and he smacks on it perfectly. Like that's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. <laughs> and uh, then you got the Bucks running back after him. You know, chasing it. Matt with it. his luscious hair. Yeah, he's got so much hair. Yeah, and then uh, the Good Brothers. Then they come back from commercial. Papa Bucks being loaded into the ambulance. You got the Good Brothers going with Nick Jackson to the hospital while Matt stays back with his mom. It's just, that's just good storytelling. I was making a point to Tricky today because we've watched a little bit of WWE or he's like, look at this part or tells me about what's going on in the WWE realm. And Ric Flair fucked what's her face. And they dropped not... that story, by the way. Because it's a weird fucking story. Well, it's because she's actually pregnant. Well, it's fucked up. It's weird. It's weird. It's gross weird. Not even funny weird. It's just gross. Yeah. Like, I'm all about the gross, disgusting, fucked up humor. I that is, that is me. Tell me I'm a fucking cunt and laugh in my face. It's great, okay? But Ric Flair fucking, oh, uh, 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 gross ass shit. But this is how you do family drama. Yeah. This. Epitome of family fucking drama. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, and then the Bucks tweeted out the next day, or today, they were like, at Revolution, Jericho and MJF are dead men. And I'm just like, oh, let's go. You just... I feel like they're going to murder them. Let's go. The Bucks are definitely winning. Or Sammy Guevara fucks them over. No, I think the Bucks are winning. No, I meant like Sammy Guevara fucks over Jericho and MJF. Oh, I could see that. Um. So yeah, that sold me. The other thing, the other segment on Dynamite that I got goosebumps on was the Sting Darby Allen segment after Team Taz versus uh, Varsity Blondes match. Holy shit! I mean, the video package that played with uh, it was totally the instrumentals to Earth Angel. By um, Earth Angel. I forget who sings Earth it, but yeah. Angel. Please be mine. So of course, I love that segment. This right when I heard that song, I'm like, I already love this. Uh, and the reason why is because Earth Angel just automatically reminds me of Back to the Future, all time favorite movie. Ah, that's why I'm like, what is that in? Yeah. Uh, so that's when George finally kisses uh, Elaine. Okay. Why am I drawing a blank? That's her name, right? I don't know. It's Elaine, right? Oh, Elaine McFly? Why am I drawing a blank? Why am I doing this? What's wrong with my brain? This is my all-time favorite movie. I should know this. Yeah, you should. I'm really disappointed. I'm disappointed if this myself. this was a trivia question, you would fuck it up. Lorraine. Lorraine. Jesus Christ. What is wrong with me? I know, like... Jesus Christ. <laughs> How did I fuck that up? I feel I mean, like a you poser. Were kind of, you were pretty close. I feel like a poser. But, I, but, well, to my credit, when I was saying Elaine, I'm like, that's not right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, George and Lorraine. Oh, my God. I'm an idiot. 
Ugh. Anyway, it's when they finally kiss and save Marty's life, and everybody comes back in the pictures. And Marty stands up really quickly and starts playing the guitar again. And then he plays Johnny Be Good. Because, you know, we're going to imply that a white man wrote Johnny Be Good. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here or there. But, uh... <laughs> Anyway, Sting and Darby Allen. Holy shit. That video package. So we go back to two weeks ago. Uh, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, uh, Team Taz, they put Darby Allen in a body bag, tied him to the back of a car, and they drove off with him in the body bag. Really being dragged fast. Really fast. Yeah. Being dragged on the concrete, on the asphalt in the parking lot. What I didn't realize until literally last night is that they literally foreshadowed that whole segment almost like a month ago when Darby Allen did that exact same stunt in a video where he's being dragged like on a dirt road in a body bag. Like they foreshadowed that whole thing. I've never, I cannot tell you a time where like a wrestling show did something that had a little bit of foreshadowing like a movie. You know who did it, though, right? Darby Allen. Oh, yeah. yeah. That he is responsible for like, creating his character right. so in-depth. Right. I want to say there was another time with the Elite when, like, the whole bullet, when, like, the Civil War storyline was going on. Like, they totally foreshadowed something that was going to happen. I cannot remember what, for the life of me, what it was. But I just love him. Like, this, the little things. It's the little things, the continuity that matters so much to me. And that was one of them. And then, so the video package on this past week's Dynamite showed Darby Allen getting dragged on a dirt road again, very similar to the first video from a month ago. Right. And then it cuts to uh, hands holding onto the steering wheel in the car, and it was Sting's gloves. So it looks like Sting's driving the car. But we never see Sting in the car because I actually think Darby filmed that whole thing a month ago. Like everything, I think was actually filmed a month ago. Just been that's how played out this story. That's how played out like this whole story has been. That they figured it all out for that long. They were like, Mm -hmm. "We're gonna do it on this week. We're gonna do this this week. We're gonna do it this week." Darby probably had it all filmed, and they were Mm -hmm. like, "Oh, okay. This is why. This is why it's gonna be so well laid out because we have all the material." What I got goosebumps on was when he pops out of the body bag in the video, and when he opens up the body bag, he has. His face paint looks like Sting's face paint. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, and then he looks up and smiles. And I'm like, we never see Darby smile. I'm like, that's a, that's he's an evil fucker. Like, like, he's a crazy motherfucker. Oh, yeah. But the way like he looks up and smiles, it's like, oh, shit. It's about to go down. And then Sting's music kicks on. They cut back to the arena. Team Taz is in the ring looking around. They got Ricky Starks in. He finally made it to the second show because he couldn't get to the first show because of the Texas weather storm. Um, <laughs> it, took him, it took him 10 hours to get out of Texas. That's insane. Um, but they're in the ring. They're like, here comes Sting. Sting comes out. Sting comes out on stage dragging a body bag. And you're like, oh, Darby's in there. He's going to well, pop. Well, the body bag he's, is fighting back. Yeah, and I'm like, he's going to pop out and like just charge into the ring. That's what I thought was going to happen. Sting unzips the body bag, and it's fucking Taz's son, Hook, from Team Taz. They're like, oh, shit. This just picked up. Like, Sting's like, you want to fuck with me? I'll fuck with you right back. I'll hit you right where it hurts. He fucking kidnapped Taz's son and put him in a body bag. 
Like, holy shit. Like, Sting is an evil motherfucker, too. Yes, yeah, and Sting had, like, a mean face on, too. He's just, like, looking in the ring, and he's like, we're coming for you. And he points up at the rafters, normally where Sting is. He's in the rafters, and he points up at Darby. Darby's coming down on a fucking zip line with a skateboard, comes into the ring, hits fucking Starks and Brian Cage with the skateboard. Like, on the zip line. <coughs> Holy shit! This is one of my favorite things AEW has ever done. Like, this is top, it's like, top-notch. I'm trying to think, like, another thing where I, like, went crazy on. Like, just something that I lost my mind on from AEW. Um, this might be my all-time favorite segment ever. I, like, loved it. Loved it. Thank God, by the way, that this was a taped show and wasn't live. Well, that's why I think it... I think that they, well, they did they're this smart purposely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're smart enough to know, like, we have to do it on the tape show because there's no fans. We got to um, test it out a few times. Right. Um, so, and they're like, who's crazy enough to do a zipline thing? And they're like, Darby's like, I'll just do it without the zipline. Darby would jump off the roof if he, if he told him to. I just think it's crazy that ziplines haven't been in use since that one wrestler died. Owen Hart. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, Sting used to zipline down from the rafters. See, and I get it, but it's like ziplining, sh- that was a freak accident. Like ziplining is probably one of the safer things that wrestlers could do. Like <laughs> stunt wise a... outside of wrestling. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. You don't want to do it every show, every arena, every blah, 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 because you don't know the engineering behind it. But mm-hmm. like from someone who does aerial, like silks and trapeze and all that shit, mm-hmm. like, once you have an engineer certify that, oh, yeah, this is good to go, like, you trust your equipment to a certain right. extent. Like, mm-hmm. you, it doesn't matter where you are as long as you know that beam or that cable has been checked by your team or right. yourself. So that was a freak accident. Right. Um, I'm just surprised it hasn't been used since right. then. Jesus. Sorry. Idiot. <laughs> Gotta ruin the show all the time. At least it wasn't the printer. Yeah. No, it was you this time, like always. But anyway, uh, Darby, you could tell it, since it was a tape show, he was having trouble getting the, the clip the clip off. They really secured that clip off. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, they did. Uh, because they cut away from Darby, and the camera is totally cutting him him and Starks like out of the shot to where Sting is just like beating up Brian Cage. And it gets to a point, even like for there, for like five seconds go by where you're like, all right, where's, where's Darby? <laughs> like, and then they cut back, and the zip line is just not in the ring anymore. He's out of the harness. Yeah, he's out of the he's The harnessed, everything is gone. It's like he and, flew out of yeah, it. Yeah, and then Darby then just goes psych, just goes into Darby Allen mode and just goes crazy on Team Taz. And uh, Sting and Darby Allen stand tall, and it's just, it's fucking great. And Sting hits a fucking uh, uh, Stinger splash and a Scorpion death drop. Holy shit. He's not going to wrestle, he looked, though. And he looked good. He's he looked, not going to wrestle on live TV. He doesn't look slow. Uh-uh. He looks good. I'm sure, obviously, if a match goes on a little longer, he's going to get gassed pretty quickly. But for those two moves, it's like, fuck, he can still go. Well, he's, <coughs> he's just like going to do all cinematic, blah, 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 blah. But it's mm-hmm. like, but he also has the freedom to say, yeah, I'm going to fucking. Right. I'm going to do what I want. When I feel good, I'm going to do it. And how about hearing Tony Schiavone Call the moves again. Holy shit balls. Tony fucking Shavani 
calling the Scorpion Death Drop and the Stinger Splash again for the first time in, I don't know, since 2001, maybe 2000. At least 20 years. Yeah, like, it gave me, that gave me goosebumps. Like, I, that made me feel like a little kid again. I didn't, I was never a WCW guy, but Sting was always a guy I would look up clips on and like YouTube and stuff. Like, you're curious. You want to know what the hype is about. And- it was always Tony Schiavone calling his moves because Tony Schiavone is just, it's iconic. Like, Tony Schiavone to Sting is like Jim Ross to Stone Cold. Uh, yeah. Like, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stunner, by God. And then for Tony Schiavone, it's Sting! Scorpio Death Drop! Like, <laughs> it's just, it's so awesome to hear again. And here, here's the the call. Here's the call. Just hearing Tony Schiavone call this again, man. Holy shit. Like, Tony Schiavone, like, Jim Ross has slowed down on his calls. Like, you can tell Jim Ross is getting old and just not really into it as much as he used to be back in the day. Tony Schiavone sounds exactly like how Tony Schiavone used to sound back in the day. He's still got it. He's eating it up. He's like, this is my job. I love my job. I love what I do. Well, he fell out of wrestling for so long. Like, he didn't watch, like... Any wrestling from 2001 on till he signed with AEW. I mean, so it's it's he got, fresh. He got well. He got just so angry by the by the business. He was like, "I just can't. I can't do it." Yeah. So it's fresh, and he's excited well, again. And it's like with what I was talking to you about earlier with Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard's coming out of retirement to wrestle in a match next week on Dynamite. Tully Blanchard's been retired since 1989. I cannot believe he's actually doing it. Right, but AEW has done such a good job. To where it has made these legends fall back in love with what they used to love. And they're getting that sense. They're getting that, like, they're like, wrestling is back. Like, pro wrestling is finally back. It's just, it's a, to me, it's a beautiful thing to see. Well, yeah, it's your, it's your favorite thing to watch. Mm-hmm. But it makes me happy to see these, like, these legends actually who are like, I don't want to be involved in this anymore. Like, I don't, I don't love it anymore. It's just, it's not for me to now be like, Oh my God, I've missed you. (laughs) Like, like I've missed this. I'm taking a break and now you're doing what I like. So it's different. It's fresh. It's, it's pro wrestling. Like, it's great. It's back. Like, it's so good. Um, rest of dynamite, John Moxley, you know, kick-ass promo saying he's ready for that exploding barbed wire death match he's a badass he's like i'm addicted this is my addiction i'm gonna i'm an addict i'm addicted to this i'm addicted to wrestling lose or draw he's still a fucking badass and what i think is i think at the barbed wire death match i think they're gonna write him off tv for a few months because uh i think his baby is due soon give him a baby break renee paquette paquette it's a what? French name, Paquette, because <laughs> Renee Young's their WWE name. Oh, I have no idea what her last Paquette, name is. Paquette, I think, is like her, because she's French-Canadian. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Renee Paquette, I think. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But 
their baby is due, I think, in the next couple months. So I think they're writing him off TV for a little bit so he can go be a dad for a while. Which is super cool. It is. Um, that's a perfect way to write him out, too. Because whoever loses this match should not be on TV for the next like month He's or so. He's going to go out with a bang, get it? Because bl- bombs and blood. It's going to be... Exploding barbed wire. I'm very intrigued to see where AEW goes after Revolution. Because for the first time in about a year, John Moxley is not going to be in the main event scene. No. Actually, probably since its inception. Did it again. John Moxley is not going to be in the main event scene. So I'm I'm just I'm I'm excited. Like where are we going to go? Who's next in line? Who's the next baby face that's going to take on Kenny Omega? Is it going to be Lance Archer? Is Maybe. Cody Rhodes going to be like, "You know what? Let's go." Ooh, I would like that. I would love to see Cody versus Kenny. Oh, but Cody puts himself in the number one scene all the time. We got to see it. We got to see it before in New Japan, and that rivalry was awesome. That rivalry, in my opinion, the elite Bullet Club Civil War rivalry. (laughs) Jesus, I'm so sorry. Can you go like away further? (laughs) That was even loud on here. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, oh, Jesus. It snuck up on me. But that rivalry then, God, I, you guys don't understand. When she sneezes, it pisses me off. <laughs> it pisses me off when she sneezes. It's my superpower. It's the most annoying thing in the world. Because we'll just be sitting there and it'll just be quiet and all of a sudden, ah! <laughs> but anyway, that rivalry, in my opinion, jump-started all of this where we're at now. Without that rivalry... That's when Bullet Club, the elite, they were on top of the fucking world. And people were like, we want more. Don't go to WWE. We want more. And that's how AEW started it. Right. Uh, So we could go in that direction. Or do you go Hangman? Hangman Does Hangman get his revenge? Because I still think Hangman's going to be the one that takes the title off Omega. That's what I think. I could totally see that. I just I just can't really think of like another baby face that maybe I don't want to see Sting. I don't I don't want to see Sting go for the title. They're not going to do Sting for the title. I would love to see Darby, but he's the TNT champion. Um I don't know. Maybe Sammy Guevara. That would be a good one. But Sammy's going to be feuding with the Inner Circle for a while, I feel like, so it's probably not going to be him. Um I don't know. There's Unfortunately, um R.I.P. Brody Lee, I totally thought he was going to be next in line for the title. Um, obviously, not going to happen. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm very intrigued. Maybe we get somebody from New Japan. Maybe we get Kashida Okada to come over from Japan, and we get Okada versus Omega on American soil for the first time ever. If you remember, Katie, those matches are arguably the greatest wrestling matches ever in pro wrestling history. They were the ones in New Japan that made Kenny Omega, like, who he is today. The cleaner? Like, no, their matches were like an hour long. The second one was a draw. The Rainmaker, Okada. You would, if I showed you the match, you'd be like, oh. Because that's the rumor, is that he's coming to AEW for, since the door is open. I feel like New Japan wouldn't open the door unless there was some big shit on the table like that. Right. Uh, also on Dynamite, Isaiah Cassidy from Private Party wrestled Hangman Page. That match was great. 
I love how John Silver and Alex Reynolds came out to support Hangman in that match. And then they took their shirts off. Yeah. And then uh, Matt Hardy was kicked out of the match, and then he got on the mic saying, like, I will take out every member of the Dark Order and every member that you love that you're so close to just to hurt you. And then he brings out five and throws five off the stage through the table. Poor five. It's just like, oh, shit. And I feel like this is going to put – Matt Hardy's going to be, like, so such an asshole in the next couple of weeks – that it's going to revert Hangman back into being that depressive, like, alcoholic again, where he's going to keep his distance from the Dark Order. And the Dark Order is going to be like, no, we're here. We're going to fight with you. Oh, I could totally see that happening. Yeah. Good prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, in the main event, Phoenix. Well, actually, Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker. Phenomenal match. Holy shit, what a match that was. Britt Baker has come along so well in the last year and a half as one of the best women's wrestlers for AEW. Like, she is totally hit a stride, and it's totally, it looks great. Um, Nyla Rose with the win. She moves on the Women's Eliminator Tournament. Uh, This Sunday, a little mini free pay-per-view on Bleacher Report. Which is so cool. Yeah, three match, three women's matches. Uh, Two of them will take place in Japan at their little uh, hall that they have going on down there. What the first match will be a six uh, woman tag team match. The second match will be the finals of the Japan side to see who will wrestle. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think they will wrestle on next week's Dynamite, the finals. Oh, for the champion? No, to see who goes to Revolution to face oh. Sheeta. Okay. Be and then we got Thunder Rose in the main events. Thunder Rosa versus Riho in the sem- in the U.S. semifinals. So. I'm wondering if the women are going to pull double duty next week and we're going to get the U.S. side of the finals and just the overall finals. Um, Maybe. That night. Or they do the finals on the pre on the kickoff show before the pay-per-view and then uh, they do the match on the pay-per-view against Sheeta. I could see that. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, and then... The main event, Ray Phoenix, the cheat code, uh, versus uh, the Murderhawk monster, Lance Archer. Which it doesn't make sense when you look at them. You're like, how? And then they put on one, I mean, just a phenomenal match. Yes. So good. I like, mean, that size match, does not matter. No. no, Ray Phoenix is amazing. He's amazing. Um, that match, that was, that was the main event. <clears throat> Winner goes into the ladder match. At Revolution to determine the number one contender for the TNT Championship, uh, it was just balls to the wall, nonstop. The pacing of the match was just nonstop. Uh, Archer picks up the victory after the match. Good guy, babyface Lance Archer, giving Ray Phoenix like nux, nux, and like being like, "You're fucking awesome." Basically, he is. He can walk on ropes. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Ray Phoenix somehow squeak into that match. Still, like maybe get like a second chance to get in. Mm-hmm. So I want to see him in a ladder match. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know if I do. You, We have. We've seen him in person. I, okay, I understand that, but I don't like... I don't even really watch ladder matches. I know, but I'm just saying, you and I have seen a ladder match with him involved in person. that was with the Bucks, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like it. he did it. some crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was it. Basically, AEW Dynamite. Next week on Dynamite, fucking Shaquille O'Neal and Jade Cargill will wrestle Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. However, 
I think Cody is going to take himself out of the match, and he's going to be and he's going to get replaced with Paul White, the Big Show. That's what I think is going to happen. Shaq and Big Show have been trying to get a match against each other for close to ten to fifteen years now. Two giants. Yeah, they just want it. They're buddies. They're friends. They really want to wrestle each other. That's my prediction for next week. I think Paul White makes his debut for AEW finally against Shaq. Just to be like, I finally did it. I finally got it out of the way. <laughs> I finally did it. Uh, but Paul White signing with AEW shocked the wrestling world this week. Uh, he will be a commentator with Tony Schiavone on the brand new AEW show, which will be on Monday nights at 6 o'clock or 7 Eastern, 6 Central on YouTube called uh, AEW Dark Elevation. So I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, they have so much talent. And like their shows are doing well mm-hmm. that I actually don't mind a third one being added. Well, because I think they're going to take Dark and just split it up into two because Dark is like so two long. and a half hours long now because they're giving all these out-of-work wrestlers, due to COVID, they're giving all these out-of-work wrestlers a job. Right. Which I think is cool. Um, Very cool. And also shout out to uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, for the bump he took against... Brian Cage this past week, getting thrown up against the ring post and coming down. The way he came down on the steps apparently broke a couple of his ribs, and he continued the fucking match. It Jumping was, off the top Yeah, ropes. like taking some like big bumps too, man. That's a fucking warrior. That's what you want in your company. You want a guy like that that's going to be like, I'm still going to go and still put it balls to the wall. Like, Fucking major fucking props of Brian Pillman Jr. And Griff Garrison looked fucking great in that match, too. Looked really good. Sky's the limit for that guy, for sure. Uh, next week we get, so FTR and Tully Blanchard versus uh, Jurassic Express. Marco Stunt cutting uh, a pretty good promo. Marco Stunt's angry. Yeah. He got kidnapped. He did get, I didn't see that part. You didn't show me that part of him getting kidnapped. He's pissed. Yeah. So, I want angry Marco Stunt. I want him to be a badass. Oh, yeah. And also next week we get Platinum Max Caster is going to be on Dynamite taking on Dark Orders 10. And the winner will go to Revolution to be in the ladder match. All right. I don't know. I don't know who's going to win that match. Me that either. match will go either way. Or 10 gets involved and hits Max Caster with a kendo stick or something. Or negative one, I mean. I was going to say. <laughs> Tens in the match. Who on AEW Dark they called Negative One the leader of the Dark Order, which is so fucking cool. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Little nine year old kid. Gets... <laughs> it's like little nine year old kid goes to school. So what'd you do this weekend? Well, I was on television. <laughs> right. So next week here on Offended, we will have our predictions for AEW Revolution. And what is going to happen on the pay-per-view as Katie puts her predictions championship on the line? I'm going to fucking win. Doubtful. Anyway, and that wraps it up for the AEW prediction show. Let's hit him with the one, two, three finish, and let's get the fuck out of here. All right, one, two, three finish. One, Daft Punk isn't quitting. Two, Undertaker is going to fucking AEW. My predictions count. And three, fuck yeah for this fucking weather. Sorry to make weather like my number, not like my number one or number three, whatever. It was so fucking bitter cold, and now it's beautiful, mm-hmm. and we live in a fucking neighborhood that is awesome. I'm just gonna be drunk and eating stuff all the time. <laughs> it's gonna be great. 
Yeah. Yeah. One, two, three. Uh, my number one. Shout out to the fucking big show. Paul White signing with AEW. Way to make a move. Way to shake up the fucking wrestling world. Way to be like, I'm still relevant, motherfuckers. Like, I'm here. Uh, number two. Uh, Daft Punk, I love you. Please be a publicity stunt. Number three. Go check out Glass Towns. That's what I got to say. Go check out Glass Towns and their song, uh, Slow Dancing. They're fucking good. Just check them out. All right. You can follow Offended on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at OffendedPod. Make sure to go follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trick1042. You can follow KDK Naked Lady on Twitter at Naked Lady with two Ys. Uh, make sure to go check out anythingbutcredible.com for all your network needs, including Offended, Anything But Credible podcasts, and the Going Off Topic podcast. And make sure to go check out the Going Off Topic podcast this Monday as yours truly is on it, along with Nick Dugan from the Anything But Credible podcast, Denny and Thomas. I don't know their podcast names, my bad. But I think they're all, they're both joining the network too. So, oh, congrats. Welcome. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Check out, see what happens in the movie game. Do I get my revenge or am I just sad? Just go check it out on Monday. Uh, make sure to go check out. What? Nothing. Make sure to go check out uh, our Spotify playlist at Offended Presents Songs of the Week. Make sure to follow that. Wherever you get your uh, podcasts, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Just by searching Offended, uh, make sure to subscribe. Hit that five-star rating. Tell your friends. Tell your dogs. They're children, too. Yes. Tell everybody. Just tell them all. It's all babies. I don't even fuck. Yeah. And I think that's it. That's everything, right? I think so. I think I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. Well, anyway, we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Uh, next week, AEW Revolution Prediction Show. Can't wait. Maybe something else, too. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, for Katie Katie, Naked Lady, I'm Tricky. This has been Offended, presented by... The anything but credible network and to play you out in its entirety. Daft Punk's Digital Love, my all-time favorite Daft Punk song. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, bitches.